What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Lights Out. I'm your host, Josh. I'm joined in the studio by my boys. We got Austin. Hey, man. What's up? I'm good. I'm good. And Daniel, producer. What's up, man? How's it going, everybody? Today, we have a very special episode, highly requested, a big topic in the horror world right now. Russ McCamey has been exposed, apparently, and McCamey Manor itself is fake. It's all a scam. It's all a sham. Well, we're here today to get to the bottom of what's really going on with Russ McCamey and McCamey Manor. If you you know watch a lot of YouTube videos, maybe you've stumbled across the YouTuber named Reckless Ben. He's just, just done a whole series of videos on Russ McCamey and McCamey Manor, allegedly exposing him in many different ways. And you know we have a lot of thoughts about you know reckless ben's investigation into mckamey manor there's uh some things we want to set the record straight on but ultimately we're here to break it down because maybe you're confused maybe you don't know what to believe well we did a deep dive on what's going on with russ mckamey mckamey manor the recent hulu documentary that came out monster inside world's most extreme haunted house a lot of allegations came out there's just all sorts of things swirling in the internet sphere around Russ McCamey and his supposed extreme haunted attraction. So buckle up for this one. It's going to be an extra spicy episode. You know, Russ McCamey, he's been somebody that, you know, I followed for a number of years. I just went back to look and see when we first covered McCamey Manor here on Lights Out. It was back in October of 2020. So a couple years ago. Yeah. And it was a totally different time, you know, middle of the pandemic. And, you know, I just kind of did an overview of it as a haunted attraction, kind of pulling from his YouTube channel and experiences from those who've done tours at the manor. And so this episode is not going to be as much about what McCamey Manor is, you know, what people go through necessarily. We'll, We'll cover some of that. But if you want more of like a generalized overview of McCamey Manor, more of like the history of of Russ and how he created it and all that, that that episode is really where you want to start before you watch this. This is going to be more focused on McCamey Manor today, Russ McCamey, what's going on with him, what's up with Reckless Ben. He supposedly got all the secret footage uh, that we're waiting to see. And just all of the allegations swirling as a result of that documentary. It is very, very interesting, though. And we're here to to save the day and hopefully break it down for you in a way that makes sense and is based on facts. Most important. That's the big one. That's what I was trying to go for. Where what are the facts here? Let's get down. Let's get down to brass tacks because it's very easy to say a lot of things right and and make a lot of accusations towards somebody and russ mccamey a very controversial figure i mean people either love him i mean he's got almost a cult-like following at this point he's got millions of views on his youtube channel he's really doing something very different in the immersive horror world so that being said before we kind of dive into everything i'm going to roll a little trailer that includes some footage of McCamey Manor in case you've never, ever seen it, never heard of this before. You'll have an idea of just how fucking crazy this haunted attraction really is. Let's roll it. 
What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Lights Out. Today, we have a very special episode, highly requested. Russ McCamey has been exposed. You got to have the right mindset and the right mental stability. Don't understand none of his expectations. Reckless Ben, he's just done a whole series of videos on Russ McCamey and McCamey Manor. Time to go back to McCamey Manor. He warns that he uses 80 different stunts and challenges that involve extreme scare tactics. It's all over for you, okay? Physical assault and obviously torture. Those hands up. Why are you crying? Why are you crying? It's personal to Ross. And that's all it is. It's all personal. He likes to see people in pain. Get off the property, Dan. Then take it to court then. Off the property. All right, so let's talk a little bit about the man himself, the torture king, the P.T. Barnum of the haunt world. I mean, those are some uh, pretty ballsy titles. Yeah, the ego already on this guy. (laughs) Says a lot, you know, if he's calling himself those things. But Russ McCamey has really built up a very controversial reputation over the years. But for those that don't know, Russ served for 23 years in the Navy, mostly as a recruiter and also worked as a career counselor, which... That to me is a little alarming. Imagine sitting down this with this guy. guy. <laughs> what's What's crazy too is that in the military, he actually ran haunted houses, um, I believe on the ships. And whenever he was enlisted, there's a, a couple clips, I think in that documentary of some of his early, earliest haunts. And he was in like that band too, I think. Yeah. 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 So he's been, I mean, he's been a horror fan for as long as he's been alive and always been obsessed with haunted houses and, you know, just he likes scaring people. Apparently maybe for the wrong reasons. Right. (laughs) And and that's the thing with Russ is I think there's a clear evolution over time. Right. And it's hard to say what he was like in his earlier days, in his military days versus to where he is now could be two completely different people, or it could be, you know, somebody who's kind of keeping a lot of these, you know, underlying thoughts to himself and feelings. And, you know, as he kind of gained more power and fame over time, you know, the real Russ starts starts coming out. Yeah. So Russ originally moved to the suburban San Diego community called Rancho Penasquitas, which was where his earliest haunted, you know, attraction began around 1989. And it started in a windowless van set up in his backyard. And over the years, it really expanded into a larger extreme haunt experience. You know, at the beginning, it was kind of that family neighborhood haunt. You know, kids could go through and then he's like, oh, you know, I'm kind of getting bored with this. Yeah, it was just like a family thing where it's like, bring the neighbors over. You can go through my haunted house. But yeah, it slowly escalated over the years. And pretty soon, he was like, you know. If we're going to take it to this next level, obviously you can't have children going inside. I'd be, uh, he knows that would get shut down almost immediately. And it didn't take long before rumors started spreading that he was full on torturing people inside of his, his home haunt. So eventually he tried to move his operation to Illinois and Arizona in 2014. But due to quote unquote public opposition, uh, they basically prevented him from relocating, which is crazy to think about. Like, Imagine just trying to move. And they're like, nah, we've heard about you. Absolutely not. Like straight up 
kicked his ass out of town. They're like, we do not want this. There's people like praying, I think, in front of his house and stuff. Yeah. Or also, I get it though because I, would I want to have a constant haunted attraction, extreme haunted attraction next door? Yeah. That would be annoying as hell. Right. He later shut down in San Diego Manor and he moved operations to his new home in Tennessee in 2017. His supposed reasons for moving were the high cost of living and his house being too close to his neighbors. Because they can imagine, like, if there's people screaming inside of this year-round haunt, then the cops are going to get called quite a bit. Yeah. I'm just trying to have my morning coffee, and then next door I hear, ah! Like, yeah. Come on. Safety, safety. There is no safe word. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're wondering what's what's going on over there. And from pretty much the very beginning, you know, he's trying to hype this up. This is becoming his full-blown obsession. This is really what he's building his reputation off of. And so he's always claimed from day one, essentially, that the manor is extremely popular and that he has this 20,000 plus person wait list, which I don't know if that's necessarily true or not. I can't fact check that. That's just say, not that information isn't in out there. The, the vault, yeah. uh, the Russ McCamey vault, if it does actually exist. I do think based on the popularity, there's probably a wait list. Yeah. 20,000 deep. I mean, that's pretty pretty insane yeah although it wouldn't surprise me because again this is kind of groundbreaking what he's doing it's completely different than a lot of the other immersive horror experiences out there you know he's he's basically kind of marketing this as hey you know if you thought those extreme haunts like blackout uh i think there's one called miasma or miasma or something like that i think didn't they touch on that in the documentary yeah yeah i mean there's a number of them out there but they all do it by the book, you know, what's yeah. ethical and, and what's not going to get them in, in legal troubles, you know, especially when it comes to having a safety word, making sure that your participants can opt out at any point in time during the show and that, you know, if it gets too too much for them or they feel like they're in danger, they can just, you know, exit. Well, that's where Russ really went the opposite way. And one of his biggest controversies is the rumor that there's no quitting and no safe word. And if anyone can supposedly make it through the entire tour of the McCamey Manor, they'll win a $20,000 prize. Which this is a this is a big point of controversy because obviously no one has ever completed the tour. Yeah. But it's like what is the tour? Nobody even knows what their tour really is at the be- at the beginning of it. Right. And they don't know where it ultimately is going to go. They don't know what the stopping point is. So and it would be so easy to man- manufacture a tour where it's impossible to get to the end, right? Yeah. You could just, yeah, there's $20,000. I will give it to you if you make it, but I will make it impossible for you to complete it. Well, did he ever, does he even have $20,000 to give? <laughs> Nowadays, I will see a bit later. I don't think he does, but. The other thing that makes his haunt very controversial is the fact that he has a massive waiver, which we'll dive into a little bit deeper later on. And an NDA, of course. Together, they are 40 pages long. Now, I can't even remember the last time I've had to sign a 40-page contract uh, business-wise. Yeah. When they were shooting lasers into my eyes for LASIK, I think <laughs> I think it was like two, three pages or something. Yeah, yeah. And 40 pages is insane. I've also, I've read all 40 pages. Yeah, even buying a house 
I don't even think I reached 40 pages. Yeah, true. It's yeah. like maybe 20, 25 pages. Yeah. True. I still have my packet. And I, I think the amount of documents I signed, obviously I sold that house, but I think it was maybe 15 signatures. Yeah. So like 15 pages of actual signatures and maybe like 30, 40 pages worth of documents. So imagine going to an extreme haunt, you know, go to a haunted house and they're like, all right, here's a stack of papers you got to read through and sign before we even let you begin the tour. Yeah. And you're like, should I get my lawyer to look through this? Right. Do I need to redline this before we, and honestly, a lot of the controversy stems from what's in the waiver and what people sign versus what actually goes on in it. And people not under, and this is why this is a great point get a lawyer to review any sort of legal agreements, you know, if it's an actual legal agreement or just any waiver for that matter, especially one that's 40 pages long because you need to be able to protect yourself. Yeah. And I'm surprised that a lot of people just, just signed it the way that it was. It's kind of, yeah. Even just reading some of the things and just using your common sense, I think you'll be able to see that some of those things are ridiculous. Because in the waiver itself, he warns that he uses 80 different stunts and challenges that involve extreme scare tactics, live animals and insects, hypnosis, physical assault, and obviously torture. Participants might have their heads shaved, be shot 100 times with paintballs, be buried alive, possibly drowned to death, have to drink their own urine, have their teeth extracted without anesthesia, get tattooed, get drugged and be forced to engage in various homemade torture contraptions, etc. He's he's like Jigsaw, yeah, you know, without without the uh, the real gore. Many of the videos of the tours have gone very viral on Russ's YouTube page, which obviously, for a guy like Russ, the YouTube channel, I think, is his crown jewel. Yeah. Because I think, first and foremost... If you remove everything else, all the allegations and all the controversial shit, Russ is a wannabe showman. You know, he yeah. he desperately wants to to make, you know, these haunts. But ultimately, I think he's more into the filmmaking and he's very into editing them. And obviously, he records every participant's tour. And that part of it, I think, is almost the most enjoyable part for him. And I think that was the most lucrative part too for a very long time right, was him. Right. Like, I don't think we would really know or care about McKamey Manor without those crazy videos. Right. Well, it's a, it's a great self-promotion strategy Yeah. to post these up on YouTube. You know, many of you've probably watched a number of his videos. I know I've spent hours on his channel watching through, you know, participants tours and then especially the interviews afterwards where they're just all shaken up. A lot of them are crying. I mean, and he's he's sitting there asking them, you know, what how they like it, and and there's controversy with that as well because it's like you know what you're seeing on the YouTube channel may not actually be the reality of what the participants um, really felt Very about true. their tour. Yeah. And he's editing the videos in such a way that makes him look good, makes his attraction look good, and hopefully drives more interest for people to want to come join in. And you know the whole monetary structure behind McKamey Manor is one that's very mysterious to this day. I think a lot of people still are very, very confused as to how he has funded 
his McCamey Manor operations. One way that I think he obviously generates revenue is through the live streams that he does. So there's a private internet group for McCamey Manor that gets to watch the live streams of the tours. I don't think every single one, especially in the past, was live streamed necessarily. But more recently, that's kind of what he's moved to is this live stream to this big private audience that he has. Because he doesn't post anymore on YouTube. I think it's strictly live streaming now. Which I think he uses Facebook a lot. And Facebook is way more strict when it comes to what you're able to put out there. Although I will say Facebook has live streamed mass shootings and things like that before. So I think they're a little bit slower to take some of that stuff down. And I think when you stream to a private group, it might be a little bit differently because you don't have to worry about people reporting it as much. Right. Because they're there to, you know, they know what they're getting into and they're watching it versus people just publicly stream to their Facebook page. But I think he ran into a lot of issues with YouTube, especially in the last couple of years. YouTube really went through this major clamp down on content. I mean, like the Lights Out channel got severely impacted by the clamp downs that it did, especially on the more graphic content, any content associated with torture, whether it's real or fake. And so I think for a while, especially in the early days of his YouTube channel, he probably was making a ton of money. Yeah. I mean, you get a million views on a video or even hundreds of thousands of views on a video, you're making thousands and thousands of dollars. So clearly Russ is probably funding most of his operation through his YouTube channel. I think he probably get has some private donors as well who are just, you know, supporters who just want to back him and and keep it going but i also i mean he was in the, the military for 20 plus years he probably has some retirement with that as well um so it's not this huge surprise to me that he has been able to keep it going for as long as he has and again this is ultimately when you look at the manor itself it's really not that special right it's not like he has like state-of-the-art you know animatronics and all of these fancy haunted house attraction you know gear and all that stuff it's really just like cages and tools and shit he made himself <laughs> yeah he's like what kind of shit can i make myself and he's doing it out of his own property too yeah so and i don't know if i wonder if he's i'm assuming he's probably did he make this a non-profit i'm trying to remember is his is this situation a non-profit and that's how he's like evading taxes I don't know exactly if it's a nonprofit because, you know, it's the dog food thing. Right. It's either like four cans of dog food or uh, kibble, which I think are technically just donations. I don't really know. Yeah, I was trying to, I'm trying to remember if that was ever released because I thought from the beginning he set it up as a nonprofit, hence why he does the donations um, with the dog food, that it's like a nonprofit for his greyhounds. But, I could be wrong on that. Oh, yeah. There it is. Uh, Well, at least it's San Diego. Uh, It does look like he did set it up as a nonprofit. Supposedly it's a nonprofit because I always thought he used the dog food to feed his dogs or whatever. I guess what he does is that dog food was donated and allegedly he then donates it to an animal shelter. Mm -hmm. So it's that's how he gets away with it. Yeah. So that that to me is. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of issues when it comes to the IRS and all that, which you know we'll touch on a little bit later as well. 
But the whole way that he's funding this operation is, you know, raised a lot of eyebrows. There's rumors, there's all sorts of gossip online about how he's, you know, potentially putting this out to the dark web and, you know, he's getting funding through illicit means. And again, we don't necessarily have proof of that. I think it's very, I think it's definitely a possibility, but it seems like really he grew his audience and now he's catering the content to that audience that follow him loyally. But the waiver claims that these viewers are a live audience in Las Vegas, the Philippines and or Thailand, which is, I don't even really know what to make of that. That's very weird. Is he just trying? I, that might be more smoke and mirrors where he's just totally. trying to make it. Seem, ooh, Thailand. There's taboo things there type thing. Seems that's what he's kind of uh, alluding to. But only about one to three people are able to attend the manor in one week. And guests, as you probably know, often leave severe injuries. Welts, bruises, swollen faces. I mean, people have to be hospitalized sometimes after going through the manor. And uh, again, you sign the waiver. You basically are, you know, signing that I release all, you know, responsibility of what happens to me during this experience. But again, from a legal perspective, I think there, there's some some hiccups there. Yeah, we'll we will deep dive into the legality of the waiver uh, a bit later for sure. But again, through the videos, you can really see you know, participants and their experience and just how mentally, physically drained they are at the end of, of their tours. And in a lot of these post tour interviews, um, you know, whether they're giving them on his YouTube channel, but more so the people that come out after the fact on their own post their own videos online about their experiences, they really elaborate to just how extreme it was and how far beyond anything they could have imagined Russ's McCamey manner really was. And they claim that Russ during it seemed to be quote unquote, getting off on the pain he inflicted on them. And again, another big point of controversy, like we mentioned, Russ doesn't charge any money for the experience and it's just dog food. It's how you get in. Depending on how far you get on this tour though, these items might be refunded to you. But currently, Russ also works as a cashier at Walmart. So clearly, especially for looking at Russ today, this is not a major lucrative business. As far as we know, again, just because he's working at Walmart doesn't mean anything whatsoever. It does signify that if he could just do the manor full time, would he be working at Walmart? Right, right. Maybe, maybe not. But then again, I think there's more to the story there that we just don't know. I think there's probably tax reasons and legality there for why he now has this other job as well. Yeah. And the question of who was actually funding the operations beforehand, right. if it was possibly a domestic partner, a girlfriend, et cetera, et cetera. We don't know his finances. We no. just will never be able to get a hold of that. So yeah, we're purely speculating based on the information that's available to us. Yeah. But again, there's a lot we don't know. And until Russ kind of unveils it all, which I don't think he ever will, but if he did, that's the only way we'll know. Yeah. The, and the I truth. think, I think Russ loves having that behind a curtain and like a lot of things behind curtains, uh, which is why he's gotten such a huge kind of niche following um, that has just a ton of drama behind it. Uh, you go online, you go to the Facebook groups, there's the, there's the people forum 
and against him. Just full disclosure, I had to sift through quite a lot of drama researching this. Uh, it's everywhere, and it's hard to dig past the drama and get to the facts. So just, I'll let you know right here, we're going to be digging into the drama. We're going to try to parse through what's real, what's not. But essentially his followers, they've been accused of being cult-like. Uh, and the people who are against him as haters are equally as passionate. So it's just very passionate people who all they have in common is Russ McCamey, and they love getting into the details and the drama of it. Both are equally as obsessed with Russ McCamey just in different ways. Um, and they've, his haters have accused him of many things. Here's, here's a, a short list. It could be longer, but they've accused him of fraud, being a narcissist, being a psychopath, a sadist, a murderer, a pedophile. Even family members, ex-girlfriends have cut him out of their lives for various reasons, which we'll get into a little bit later. Um, and today there's actually almost, I don't know if it finally has reached its goal, but there are almost 200,000 signatures on a 2019 change.org petition. Close <laughs> McKamey Manor. I think that started back in 2017 or I can't remember the year, but it's been several years and I think they're just about to hit their goal. Which, I mean, as I've learned firsthand, change.org doesn't do anything. Doesn't do anything. <laughs> yeah. Like nothing happens. Like we've done this for actual like true crime cases that we've been a part of trying to help families uh, via change.org and uh, we, we achieved our goal and literally nothing happened. It doesn't do anything. You know, it's, I think it's more of a, a way to rally people and, yeah. and just show people how many people care about something yeah. um, and allow other people to connect about a, you know, a cause they care about. So I, th I think it's good in that regard. What do you, I, I really find this cult like following and, and really, you know, he's this ringleader. He's, you know, a cult leader uh, to some is, is very interesting to me because when we covered blackout, there was almost the same kind of vibe going on there. Yeah. And actually for those that don't know, uh, Josh Randall, the, one of the creators of blackout ended up, uh, you know, commenting on our, our episode and started actually started following the show and, and, you know, he said the word himself. Yeah. Cult, cult like yeah. I think even in his Instagram post the next day yeah. after we posted, he was like, Do you guys remember when I ran an immersive horror cult? Yes, that's what <laughs> so he said. He said it, yeah. So when he said that, it kind of made a lot of sense to me because I think there there's something very special about this immersive horror experience that because it's so impactful that people are literally changed by it. And uh, many people will attest that after going through um, an extreme haunt that they are changed for better or for worse afterwards. Yeah. And ultimately, depending on who you are and what type of experience you have kind of determines whether you become, you know, a hater or a follower of it. And I think that's very interesting that this, this world has, has started emerging and obviously Russ has, taken that and run with it as he far as it. he possibly can he loves it. i mean i think what's the group have like thirty thousand plus yeah members several yeah several thousand and growing uh, especially with the newer drama i've noticed mm -hmm. that the numbers kept pumping up but no russ loves it 
I, and I think even with his haters, I think he plays into it a bit. Um, he loves controversy, right? That's what he's about. Well, they say, you know, they say that bad publicity's still yeah. good. Yeah. You know, it's still publicity yeah. at the end of the day and still going to get more eyes on your stuff. And so by everybody talking about it, hating on it, ultimately he's loving it. It's helping him. It's helping him reach more people. Having YouTubers, having us cover cover his his uh, attraction ultimately helps him. And obviously we're 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 here kind of looking at this from a more neutral point of view and you know we have some personal thoughts on on obviously the extreme haunt experience what he's done to people and russ himself but for the sake of this episode we're really trying to just look at this from a more neutral point of view to, to really look at the facts here and then you know we'll give you our personal opinions towards the end yeah just i just wanted to put that out there in case some of you think we're like sympathizing with russ or we're like you know, we're doing a, a video in support of him. That's not what this is at yeah. all. We're really just trying to look at this from uh, a neutral and in an investigative point of view of like, what do the facts actually say? Because right now there's so many things being thrown out there and rumors swirling around and YouTubers making videos about this and just kind of like jumping on on the hype train or the the hate train, whichever it is, and just regurgitating stuff that doesn't have factual basis in right. reality. Yeah. Well, that's what we're trying to look at. Exactly. And it's it's very hard to parse through with such passionate uh, haters and cult-like followers. It is. <laughs> so uh, I found this funny. So the haters, they'll try to expose him. Uh, and then obviously his dedicated fan base will try to debunk those claims. And then they'll even go so far as to online bully those people. Uh, but <laughs> they, called, uh, they call his... His supporters flying monkeys which i think they're referencing the wizard of oz uh, which, you know the, the yeah, wicked, wicked witch. witch of the west yep. so i think in that metaphor russ is the wicked witch of the west which is hilarious uh in general though it seems like many of his followers and haters they just they both like to milk the controversy that i don't think i don't want to generalize everybody who's a part of it but both sides actively play into this mystique russ as this crazy guy or he's like this dude that's helping people either both sides kind of put him in this glorifying light right they either villainize the shit out of him or they think he's the greatest thing ever and i think both are a little problematic which we'll touch on a little bit later so just this is just me coming from me who had to research all this and it was kind of a nightmare getting through things so we're going to parse through all the accusations that have been made, and we're going to try and just expose what is truth, what are the lies, what are the exaggerations too, which we'll see. I think exaggerations come more into play here than truth and lies. Uh, and then we'll also try and touch on, have there been any potential crimes actually committed here? Uh, the rabbit hole, though, <laughs> it goes forever. It's deep. It, I could not find the end after watching a gajillion videos, reading a gajillion articles, finding all these blog posts and pages and Reddit posts. Uh, so we're just going to try and parse through it all for you guys. Uh, we're going to start with Reckless Ben. Reckless which, Ben, shout out, man. Yeah, he's he's really dredged up a lot of this here. And a lot of our fans hit us up after the Blackout episode and said, hey, check out Reckless Ben stuff. McCamey Manor is a lie, et cetera, et cetera. So we'll start here. Uh, ben has spent roughly the past three months trying to debunk a lot of the McCamey Manor 
mystique, I mm-hmm. guess. Uh, expose, you know, using the word expose a lot and scam and, you know, pretty large accusations. And, yeah. you know, like you, you've said many times on the show, you know, extraordinary claims require extraordinary, extraordinary evidence. evidence. Yeah. If you're going to put that out there, you got to have it to back it up. Well, Reckless Ben claims he has the evidence to back it up, but we'll let you be the the deciders of that. So we've we've basically gone through his videos. We've pulled out all the important parts of it, kind of put it together for you so that you can kind of, it's a lot of content he's put out there. I think he's up to like six videos or something. Yeah, and they're all like done, half hour to an hour long. And, and he's done some live streams too. Live streams, yeah. podcasts. I mean, this is this has been a huge sort of break for Reckless Ben and his channel and his you know his career on YouTube and yeah I do have to say before we we get into all this I just want to say that Ben I give you props for you know going as far as you could and getting involved meeting the man himself you know really trying to you know sort of get that first person perspective on all this and you know for that i commend you for your effort because not a lot of people wouldn't do that i mean we're we're not doing that we're just you know pulling from what we can find online and research wise we you know we've never talked to russ ourselves so we don't have that perspective to share yeah and, and for that i think you know you've done a, done a great job however some of the things that you know he's put out there and you know it's very evident from his YouTube videos, just the titles and thumbnails themselves. I think there's some some qu- more questionable uh, things that kind of came out. So let us dive in. So Ben actually went and applied for McCamey Manor, sent an email to Russ, and Russ bumped him to the front of the line. And he accepted the invitation to go through McCamey Manor. During a phone call, Russ explained the dangers Ben was getting into. He called the tour a quote-unquote Indiana Jones ride on steroids. He claimed there were 80 different activities involved and Ben could end up getting really hurt or even killed. Russ also explained that one of his guests had died there and he made it sound more like a promotion of his manner. Because obviously he wants this to seem dangerous and seem scary. So what's the worst thing that could happen? Well, you fucking die going through this. And so he uses that sort of as a promotional point. The victim supposedly drowned in a stunt called the quote-unquote spectrum that involved a 200-yard underwater swim, and he told Ben he'd be doing the same challenge. To prepare himself, Ben practiced holding his breath, covering himself in in hedgehogs in his bathtub, and watching old McAmy Manor videos on YouTube. In their phone call, Russ also admitted that he knew who Reckless Ben was and asked if he was trying to do investigative work on McAmy Manor. Very important point there. Ben lied and said no. But Russ reminded him he was going to have to sign an NDA. But Ben was planning on breaking that NDA and also capturing the live stream footage of himself going through the manor. The live stream is only supposed to be watched by a private internet group that supported Russ, but Ben claimed that he had quote-unquote hacked into their live stream. When signing the waiver and NDA, Ben then switched the damages amount he would agree to pay from $50,000 to $1, and he actually mailed Russ a $1 bill. He was given coordinates and told where to go after dressing up in a duck costume. They put him in upside-down glasses and a shot collar on his leg and then forced him to exercise for an unknown amount of time 
to wear him out. Here's a short uh, video of what's going on. And this, just to, before we play this, it seems like in recent days, Russ has changed the way that he does things at the manor. And now it starts off with like this humiliation phase yeah. of like making you dress in this ridiculous costume. And, and I do believe he's done this for a long time, but it seems like he's putting more emphasis on this. It's like the way that he weeds out people in a way. It's like, can you get through this strenuous exercise that I put you through in ridiculous costumes before yeah. to see if you're capable of going through the rest of the tour? Right. Yeah. So this is uh, from Reckless Ben's channel. We're just going to play a short little clip so you can just get an idea of, of what we're talking about here. They gave me a pair of upside down glasses, making my whole world look like this. Whoa! I mean, it's so dizzy. Next, they wrapped one of those dog shock collars around my leg. Ah! 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 Don't be honest. So if you like, you know, don't do what you need to do or anything, then you get zapped. They instructed me to start doing exercises and more exercises. It was exercise after exercise with no breaks. Well, if I take a little break, I could probably do more. Oh, there's no break. Okay, keep going. All right. So I've been doing these exercises for about an hour now, and I started to think to myself, wait, I, I thought this was supposed to be a haunted house. Did, did I show up to the right place? And then things took a little bit of a turn, and not like things got scarier, things just got weird. Bring over the paint and glitter, would you please? Paint them up good. Awesome. Yeah, so that's, that's a bit of what's going on there. Not exactly what you would think that McCamey Manor would look like, right? Because going from the YouTube channel yeah. to this, night and day, right? Right. Which it is very, it is a dramatic change from what we've seen in the past. And uh, I get it. It's It's not what you would expect, right? So yeah. in that sense, at this point in time, if you were Ben... Would you kind of feel scammed a little bit? Yeah, I'd be like, why am I doing jumping jacks right now? Why are you watching me work out in a duck costume? Yeah. I mean, and Russ is clearly loving it. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's just a little clip of what Ben was, was dealing with. I mean, it seems like Russ's point is to see how tough you are, for one. I mean, he wants to also break you down and make you completely exhausted before you know, you go through the rest of the tour. I think that is key. Mm -hmm. I think he sleep deprivation and exhaustion. He plays into that a lot because obviously when you're sleep deprived or exhausted, you can't tolerate as much. So I, that's absolutely his tactic and his goal. Yeah. He's like, Hmm, you know, if I break you down before the tour even begins, then it's going to be a better tour. And ultimately for us, better footage, hopefully. Yeah. So because Ben couldn't finish the challenge, this initial one, his tour is about to end, but Russ promised to let him continue if he begged. After some moderate begging, they let him continue, but he couldn't make it through a tunnel. If he had kept going, he supposedly would have had to crawl through 200 yards of tunnel in a straight jacket. They decided to give him one more chance, though. He'd have to remove a straight jacket while inside a closed coffin and find four keys. That's like magic tricks, sounds like. So after getting him in the coffin, they blast him with water and then waterboarded him. He failed to complete the challenge, but they yet again let him continue. Now he entered a maze on the ground that he had to crawl through blindfolded. He had to find a plexiglass container filled with quote-unquote mice 
and then the timer would begin. After finding a key, a board would flip over and release mice and water into the maze, which was an assistant spraying water at the cloth mask on his head to quote-unquote waterboard him. One of the cage doors in the maze broke, and he failed the challenge. By now, Ben didn't think the challenges were even possible. They gave him one more chance, though, and there was one last stunt to complete before he could actually get inside of the quote-unquote manor, which was just more waterboarding with his head in a tank, and then they held chainsaws in front of his face. Once he finally made it to the quote-unquote manor, they placed him in an elevator contraption when Russ's assistant, who had been filming, said the phone battery was almost dead. So they ended the session, brought Ben back to the yard, and let him go. And then Ben claimed there was no manner, which is why the challenge ended. I don't blame him at all for coming to that conclusion. It seems like some uh, buffoonery is going on here. Oh, the battery's low. Well, that's it. Granted, yes, he failed the challenges before that, and they let him keep going, but I don't know. Seems weird. Also, if you're live streaming these whole things, why wouldn't you have a battery backup for this? For Because if they're monetizing that live stream, wouldn't they want it to continue so their fans could see? I don't know. Could it just be that Russ has gotten extremely lazy? I 1,000% agree with that. I tend to think this guy's been at this for a long time, and I'm sure that the people that work for him don't work for free, most likely. Yeah. And so, A, he doesn't have the resources that he used to. He doesn't have the same amount of people working for him. I mean, he used to have a whole crew. I mean, when I covered this a couple of years ago, I think he was like six deep uh, when it came to actors that were working for him. And I think he's fallen on hard economic times and he's just he wants to reap the most reward for the least amount of work yeah and so in my mind everything that he's doing right now is to accomplish that and you know and i think russ was a little bit smarter than you may think there ben that i think he knew what you were really there for so he was gonna call it because it's like yeah i feel like ben you could have played into it a little bit better like really tried harder to be convincing to Russ that you were really there for the experience versus the YouTube video that you shot. Yeah. I hate to say that, but it's just, that's the way that I kind of take, take the video is that Russ felt like you were kind of mocking him um, throughout it. And obviously there's a benefit for you. There's a benefit for Russ as well. Obviously it's like a YouTube collab video going on right here two YouTubers making a video. And I think Russ kind of maybe sounded the alarm because he knew that if he took it further, that this was not going to end well for him. So he did what was smart for him. And that was just end end the tour before you could go further and further into it. Yeah. Cause maybe there were things that you were going to experience. Had you played along in the experience or which obviously you went through a lot of shit <laughs> yeah, it's true. and I would have probably tapped out way sooner than you did. So kudos to you for going as long as you did. However, it does seem like Russ maybe sniffed you out a little bit. Yeah, because he even called, like when they were on the phone call beforehand, he's like, oh yeah, I've heard about you. I know who you are. I think they do a little, not background checks, but they kind of look into who who's coming along for this exact reason. So he probably knew something was up. Also, I just 
I did want to mention that you were saying, oh, well, he once had a team of like six people. Even the guy, his assistant in these videos later supposedly uh, quits. He's not even by like after like the third, fourth video that Reckless Ben posts, that guy's already done with it. So he probably can't afford his employees. Right. He can't really afford doing these things anymore. He's getting older. Yeah. And that's kind of how I take it is that he's just... He doesn't have the the fire anymore to do these things, you know, the traditional haunt way. It's like he's created this impossible obstacle course almost with yeah. a little bit of waterboarding thrown in. <laughs> yeah, they're <laughs> constantly spraying people in the face with water. Because everybody's afraid of drowning. So that's a very easy way to scare people, right? Yeah. Is we're going to make you think you're going to drown, be drowned. Or he does the buried alive a lot too. Yeah, he does those two forms of like torture to get people to tap out quite a bit. Which don't get me wrong, both of those things are terrifying. So I get why people usually tap out during the waterboarding or being buried. But it, to me, from like a if you're looking at this from an entertainment standpoint, you remove kind of the you know he just likes to torture people as a as a somebody in the haunted industry. Those to me seem very lazy and unoriginal. 100 percent. you're right? basically just tapping into our monkey brains of like yeah. uh, no no drown <laughs> yeah. no drown no air no good <laughs> yeah you yeah. know it's like it's very simple to get that reaction out of people so the creativity is plummeted here clearly majorly plummeted in another video to expose mckamey manor ben got his friend and fellow youtuber danny burke shout out danny burke to do a tour and try to make it into the manor in the McCamey Manor Exposed Facebook group, there have been allegations over the years that the manor doesn't even exist, and the experience was only in Russ's front and backyard. Others who have tried asking questions during the experience, like, when were they getting to the quote-unquote house? They've been punished as a result. Once Danny got to the property, they made him wear a tiger jumpsuit and upside-down goggles just like Ben. They also put three dog shock collars on him and made him crab walk while carrying a 50-pound of dog food in his lap. Just like Ben, they were trying to wear him out. They made him do jumping jacks. I like it's just kind of funny to me that Russ has got like a stopwatch around. It's like a fucked up gym class, basically. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I get it. Like people, the the mystique is dying, if not dead. Right? Like yes. Compared to what it used to be, I get it. You're expecting it to be, like for example, blackout level. And, and that's where I think Blackout has like paid actors, paid like actors. It's like a full blown business that they had a yeah. whole warehouse that they're running out of. And yeah. I think that's what people thought McCamey Manor yeah. is, was, but when you look back and if you actually see the history of Russ McCamey, that wasn't really never a thing. No, it was for a short amount of time. When he had the property and he built things out, he had the funds to do it. It was it, he had a limited run of that, but again, it was still done by himself on his property. His property versus yeah. a commercial he property have a rented. Yeah. it was never that right. So I think the expectations for the manor and the allegations of it being fake or a scam at this point, when just talking about. Where the fuck's the manor? Well, the manor's never existed. Yeah, there has never been a manor. The manor is 
Sukasa, Russ's <laughs> yeah. house. Okay. Like that's always been, it should just be Russ's manor. I mean, it's McCamey Manor. It's literally named Russ's house yeah. is what it means. Well, what I don't get is, well, granted, if you Google search it, sometimes you'll actually see like a manor pop up McCamey Manor. Yeah. But really, that's like saying that a haunted house isn't a haunted house if it's in a warehouse like which is like we're just all of them we're yeah so we're just we're kind of nitpicking words here but i do get why people would maybe be convinced that there is some manner somewhere so back to danny though during his tour danny and russ got into an argument about wasting time and not showing quote unquote the fans what they wanted to see like the bag over his head with wasps inside that he said was quote unquote promised in the contract waiver and Danny bragged about taking an executioner wasp sting to the face. Russ argued that the exercises were part of the experience and the manner would come later, but only if he continued with the session under their rules. After the argument escalated, Russ threatened to end it. And Danny accused him of false advertising, quote unquote, because the warnings in the waiver weren't things that would happen. Hmm. I don't know about that. Yeah, we'll get into the waiver yeah. later. I I get what he's saying, but also a waiver isn't promising an experience. A waiver is a waiver. Right. To waive liability. Yeah. So Not, they, they told me I could potentially go permanently blind when I had LASIK in the waiver. That does not mean I'm going to go <laughs> permanently blind. Right. Danny said he would bet his entire house that he could complete one of the challenges inside the manor. We actually have a clip of some of their argument for you to see for yourselves. I'm not, it never so be scary yet. Wait, that doesn't make any sense. You said no screaming. That's all you got, Russ? Seriously? It's What's that's scary about is. this? Well, that's really all it is, is it's just you doing exercises in his front yard. And Russ is just not psyched that I feel this way. Danny, don't fuss. Don't argue. Just do what I say. I, don't complain. Please understand and I respect Don't complain. It's not complaining. It's simple questions. Okay. No. Well, you I'm looking. Oh, my God. The I man is the craziest haunted house in the world. We haven't right? done anything yet. I'm not going to explain this, can you? Am I being rude? It's just literally simple questions. And I'm just, I'm so confused because I, I came here for something else. Also, you have to ask about the wasps. You're going through McKay Manor now, so you're allowed to see the wasps. And, uh... Yeah, he didn't really like my comment. Don't go It says the wasp thing. What? What if your fans want to see me get through the wasp and all that stuff? Like, that was... Danny, Danny, stop. But it doesn't make Danny, sense. Danny, stop. But I'm not going to be rude. Danny, you, I, I, right now I feel like stopping this thing. I get it, but also, man, it's kind of like Reckless Ben not playing it exactly how they should have. Danny probably should have just went in there and sucked it up. Don't right. argue. Get as far as you can because even the guy that they talked to, I think they were talking to this other guy, the wolf, which we'll get into later. He said, he's just like, keep going, never tap out, keep going. And Danny starts getting in this argument mode here and he doesn't get out of it. And I'm like, you should have just played that a little better. Just sucked it up, stayed quiet and kept going. And that's where my biggest issue with their videos is, is like, you're, you never really got that far. Because you made the experience for Russ poor. He hated it. He was clearly like, this is fucking annoying. Why are you guys talking so much? Shut up. Do what I'm telling you to do. And we'll get to the manor later. Yeah. And just because 
he ended it because you were annoying the shit out of him doesn't mean that the manor doesn't, you know, the haunted house part of it doesn't exist necessarily. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it might not. It might not. But the where how you're playing this, we can unfortunately give Russ the benefit of the doubt that it might exist. Right. But we're not seeing it. We're never going to see it because we can't get that far. So. Because, I mean, Russ could absolutely just be testing you he could be just you know he's trying to break you down but when you're just argumentative with him and you're you know bringing up all these things to him that are annoying i mean he's gonna he's gonna be like well this isn't worth it for me yeah and nobody in my audience wants to watch somebody just argue with me on camera so if they were really going into this and from the way that i take is you guys really went into this to expose russ and the manor you did you went about it the wrong way yeah you, you know to really get to the bottom of things you have done exactly what we're saying is shut up do everything he says and go as far as you possibly can i mean participants in the past have gone seven to twelve hours in this experience and you guys <laughs> you got you couldn't crab walk with the dog food <laughs> yeah, it's like which I couldn't either. I'm yeah. not saying I could. I'm not saying I could. And I understand from their perspective, like we came here for the haunt. Yeah. And here we are being humiliated, having to work our asses off in, in the heat in these yeah. fuzzy costumes. It's ridiculous. It's annoying. Yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. And I get it. Like you thought you were signing up for something else and you didn't get that experience. And yeah. There's disappointment there. I wanted to touch on one thing that you said. You were basically saying like this argumentative thing isn't what Russ wants to do and it's not what his fans want to see. Right. But the, and then, so they're both playing the same game where Russ mm -hmm. is like, look, we're arguing here. My fans don't want to see that. But Danny's also saying, don't your fans want to see me get stung in the face by a wasp? But yeah, also they don't want to see you arguing either. So you're also actively ruining the experience here as well, which makes him not want to go forward for guys that, claim to have watched as much McCamey Manor videos as they say they did. What happened? Yeah. What happened to that strategy of like infiltrating McCamey Manor? I mean, you basically gave away what you guys were there for yeah. by just the video we just watched. It's yeah. like you're making it abundantly clear to Russ that you're not here for the experience and you're here to to make him look bad in essence yeah. and expose him by like Where's the what? You know, saying like, where's all these things in your waiver? How come you're not doing them to me right now? Yeah. Immediately when I arrive, yeah. why aren't you putting me through the ringer? You know, Danny also told him that he would drink pee. Yeah, he's like, dude, just let me do it. Let me do it. Also, I wanted one last thing. Why is Reckless been there? I mean, I know they're doing the YouTube thing, but think of think of it from Russ's perspective. He's like the guy that failed my thing <laughs> that I was suspecting of trying to get some expo expose thing on my manor he's showing up again with his friend now it's just how dumb like, do you think russ is like yeah. I, I get he may not you know be the brightest guy but i don't think he's stupid no and i think he's he's sniffing out what you guys are are, are doing pretty yeah. pretty easily and so me and for all we know dude he could be trying to make them do all this extra ridiculous shit for that very reason the guy was in the military okay and, and whether you believe there's anything to that or not i do believe that russ is very mentally like headstrong and he you know 
he's at least got some skills from that experience that I think plays into this, that he knows how to like get into people's heads. Clearly he knows how to kind of break people down. And I think he's very, he's all over you guys. He knows exactly what the hell's going on here. I mean, the fact that from the very beginning, you know, he's mentioning NDAs and like he knows there. And also if you look at their YouTube channels, like this kind of a thing that they do kind of the expose. There's a lot of YouTubers that are like, let's try to bring down scams or bad, you know, people that are running, you know, bad things online that aren't true and kind of expose people. There's a lot of channels like that. So that's kind of what their contents. I think at one point they're like, we, we go and bring bad people down or something like that. And you don't think Russ went and looked at your guys's contents of, he knew from the very beginning that you guys weren't just normal participants I think he saw an opportunity to potentially, if these guys truly do play it, you know, want to go through the experience, I'm going to see how bad they want to go through the experience. And so I think he made you guys do all this crazy (laughs) shit because he knew what you guys were going to try to do. He knew that you guys were going to try to expose him and expose the things that he does. My opinion. The other alternative is that none of these other things exist. But based on past videos, we know that there are other things that do exist. Do they exist today? That's the big question, I that think, that we just question. can't answer. Yeah, it will never be answered, I don't think. But if you look at historical footage from his channel, yeah, he puts spiders on people. Like, he's definitely, you know, doing the things that are in his waiver. Yeah, the waterboarding thing is real. The putting spiders on people is real. Uh, I don't even know if they're alive, though, because sometimes the spiders are just still yeah i'm like is this even real or not so there's a big gray area and i mean the only people that can really say are the people who go through the experience but unfortunately let's just be real here neither danny nor ben are really going through the experience and if this is the experience and this is the end of it that's lame as hell i will say if this if the truth is this is where it's at now yeah but there's enough unfortunately like i said before there's enough benefit of the doubt on russ's side that that i'm not convinced yet well when you're yelling at when you're like arguing with russ and you know you're telling him i'll drink pee you'll you can pour hot sauce in my butthole like you know what i mean just like he's gonna take offense to that clearly like this guy's put his whole life into this pretty much and his whole reputation's on the line and here's these two youtubers coming here trying to make him look like a fool yeah and russ isn't into that and so I think you have to take take that into perspective. And I think a lot of people, especially based on the comments on their videos, really just like jump on the Russ hate train and they're like, fuck this guy. Yeah. You know, you guys are, you know, exposing him for who he is. He's a fraud. He's a fake. He's, you know, there is no manner. He's not doing anything, you know, special when it comes to a haunted house at all. He's just humiliating people. Yeah. But with that said, I am not on Russ's side. I no, just want to make we're that not clear. Saying, just, yeah. we're, we're observing here, and we're, this is how we see this at play. So while they argued more, Russ claimed that they didn't want to hurt people, and if he was actually having people drink urine, the quote-unquote police would shut him down so fast, which 100%, that's a major health risk. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, like a crime. So, of course, he's not going to make people drink pee. So, it's like those ridiculous things. Russ is like, why are you telling me how to run my own haunt, right? Yeah. It's just, it's not what, you know, what are you doing? 
you're not here for the experience. You're here to tell me how to do the experience. And that's not what he's about at all. You're supposed to completely submit to the experience. Yeah. So after arguing back and forth for an unknown amount of time, Russ called it all off, saying that he couldn't have had that kind of arguing continue throughout the whole show. And honestly, I, I kind of agree with him. That would yeah. be, you know, from an entertainer point of view, it'd be like going to a magic show and shouting out at the magician, you know, telling the audience what the tricks yeah. are. You it's know? up your sleeve. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. It'd be like, it's the same type of thing. I mean, imagine if you guys, you guys just went to a haunted house. If you were walking through, be like, hey, buddy, I see your real face behind that mask. Or, you know, you're like pointing out all the fake stuff in the show. Yeah, you're out the, loud to people. They're the going to kick you out. Yeah. yeah, they're going to be like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. You're ruining it for other people. Yeah. And so it's the same same kind of situation here. So Ben and Danny's shot at the McCamey Manor came to a, an abrupt end. Russ told him that, quote, the biggest thing about the manor is common sense. I need you to have really good common sense and make good sound decisions, end quote. After they both left, Russ spoke into the camera for his live stream viewers and Here's uh, some of what he had to say. Sometimes people fall through the cracks that probably shouldn't be here. You got to have the right mindset and the right mental stability. He wants to be hurt at the manor and have those kind of things happen. That's just not going to happen here. We pride ourselves on making sure that uh, people are safe. We're not here to we're not here to hurt you. Okay? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. We don't want to hurt anybody. No. We want you to leave here with good memories. Yeah. Absolutely. We're not going to punch somebody in the face as hard as we can. Don't understand none of his expectations. You but, know. You know. What do you think of that? I'm saying we don't really want to hurt people here. So th- this is the thing about it. It's like you watch that. You know that, that what he's saying is not true. Based on. The evidence. The evidence shows that people get extremely hurt at McCamey Manor. Now, maybe he's speaking in reference to the current version of McCamey Manor. That's where I'm Which I think is what he's talking to. He's not talking to all of the years past. Because I think, and I think that's the biggest takeaway from all of this is that McCamey McCamey Manor has changed. It is not what it once was. I think that's the big expose here is that McCamey Manor in its original form doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah. And I think in the same way. That isn't the headline grab, you know? It's like something has kind of gotten worse over the years. Isn't as isn't as catching as like this is a hoax. Right. This is a scam. Faking everything. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the reality of what we're getting into is that for whatever reason, financial, et cetera, et cetera, it's just not what it used to be. And yeah, I think he's trying to cover his tracks too with that video Absolutely. saying, "Hey, we don't hurt people here, and that they have a good safety track record." And yeah. So in that sense, Russ is clearly exaggerating, lying, whatever you want to call it, to protect himself and to keep it open and going. Because obviously, like the evidence they just showed on the screen, there people have gotten seriously injured. There's people, you know, in the Netflix documentary, they showed one woman that was brutally beaten in in McCamey Manor. So much so, she was at the hospitals, you know, swollen everything pretty much, bruises, cuts. So, again, that statement I think is false in the sense of over the entire course that McCamey Manor has been open, people have been 100% safe. 
clearly not. But in today's McKamey manner, seems like they've dialed things back quite a bit. Yeah. And so Russ was getting upset because they're asking to be hurt like all the other participants in the past from what they saw on the YouTube channel from years past. That's what they were expecting. And yeah. so when they weren't getting that experience, they're pissed. Yeah. And they're, you know, they start turning on him in, in a sense. And I think Russ is, if you want to play into that, like Russ is this sick, weird, creepy dude who gets off on sadistic treatments of others. Uh, why would then why also, if you're trying to play that game, why admit that you want to, I want to drink pee. I want to get stung in the face. I want hot sauce poured into my butt because Russ then wouldn't want to play into that. If you actively are desiring right. to be hurt is going against what the McKinney, even what just the mystique of the McKamey manner is, you're not supposed to want that, you know, so to speak. So you, it just unfortunately didn't play the chess game as, as well as you could have. But here's where I think uh, Danny and Ben are onto something though. After failing to get into the manor again, Danny and Ben questioned whether Russ could have even afforded the permits for something like a 200-yard underwater tunnel plus an underwater haunted house that he claimed to have. They mapped out his property. I've also seen his current property. We're not going to show it here, but there wouldn't even be enough space to build a 200-yard underwater tunnel. That just wouldn't even be possible on his property. In the waiver, he also claimed that he had a 2.5-mile high-speed electrified zip line, but this is clearly a lie. The longest reported zip line in the world clocks in at 1.76 miles out in uh, the United Arab Emirates, so there's no way he even has that there. He also claimed he had a 40-foot climbing wall, but rock climbing facilities need super expensive insurance policies to protect the people climbing there, and there's no way that Russ can even afford that just for on donations and just running this for what one to three people a week wouldn't make sense unless if he is a trust fund kid and has a gajillion dollars stored away that wouldn't make sense either you can put anything you want in a waiver though yes well i'm we will dive deep into that later the whole waiver thing is that not like they loved playing into the waiver thing constantly in these videos which it just acts like there's signs like a entertainment deal yeah that outlines like yeah like here's the scope of work here that's gonna happen yeah here's the deliverables of this contract yeah like that's not what it is at all and i know that russ makes you want to think that absolutely the horror experience begins when you read the waiver and he's trying to play into that to get you terrified of what could possibly be there and i think i mentioned it in the blackout episode i was gonna say scariest part of a haunted house for me when you know even when i was legitimately scared of them when i was younger it's it was always before going to the haunted house once i was actually in there it was fine but it was me thinking like what's gonna be in there it's gonna be terrifying so he's playing into that fear by adding those things to the waiver and we'll go through kind of line by line later of how we'll see that anyone who reads it you can kind of see it's kind of silly and it I imagine that the blackout waiver likely had some similar verbiage in it as well. Yep. To, because if you think about it, it's the first thing that you're doing before you start the tour, the experience. And so what better way to get you mentally psyched up by reading through this waiver. And I think legally a lot of people don't understand 
how waivers work. They don't understand that, you know, a waiver is not as law, you know, it's not as protected binding yeah. as, as a, as a legal contract, you know, yeah. it's, it's, you can literally print up a template online and, and give, make somebody sign a waiver. Right. And whether that waiver holds up in court is a whole other scenario. Yeah. People think that just by signing a piece of paper, it's like you've made this deal in blood. <laughs> yeah, and you're, exactly. you're never it's getting like, out of it. So I just wanted to put that out there before yeah. we continue. Justin Urace, also known as The Wolf from McKamey Manor Exposed Facebook group. He's been in a lot of these. He was in the documentary too. He's the guy. He's like the number one hater, basically. Uh, he claimed that the alleged deaths also have never happened and the stories were just for publicity. As far as I could personally dig, there have been zero confirmed deaths ever at McKamey Manor in any iteration of it ever existing and natural or otherwise, because a lot of people think that there was a heart attack somewhere along the way, but that was a completely different haunted house experience. I don't even know if, I don't think it was even in the U S um, but there have been zero deaths, which duh, like, (laughs) Oh my God, of course there hasn't been deaths at this. Like my God, like, can we just use our common sense here? Yeah. Any attraction where a death occurs is a major, major issue, likely leading to criminal charges, litigation, and subsequent shutdown, depending on the circumstances. Okay. And we've seen it happen on yes. our, like amusement uh, park right. disasters episodes. Right. The, the rides get shut down. The, sometimes the entire the investigations go on. Yeah. Like if there were really deaths at McKamey Manor, it would have been done years ago. Russ would have likely been sued into oblivion and would never heard his name again. Yeah. Or he'd be in jail based on a criminal investigation. Yeah. Right. That has never happened. Yeah, no so, deaths. So it's like zero deaths. If you remove all that, what better way to get people hyped up for the most extreme haunted house in the world than to say people have died at McKamey Manor? Yeah. So is he lying? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Should you maybe use a little bit of critical thinking when someone's telling so. you someone's dying there? Also, if he's saying someone has died here and drowned. And you're like, I'm still signing this waiver, yeah. doing it. Then I don't know. That's what does that say about you then? So as Ben and Danny left the property, they got a voicemail from Kelly, who she'll she comes around every once in a while. She's Russ's assistant. She calls them up, and here's what she has to say. This is one of her voicemails to them. Send me a mean message. Ben, this is Kelly from McKamey Manor. I'm one of the admins that runs the page and also assists with the tours. Reaching out to you because of what's gone on over the last couple days regarding your tour, Danny's tour. This is, it's ridiculous. I'm going to put it right out there to you. This is fucking ridiculous. It's corny. It's beat. I really don't know what your goal here was. Is this like, do you like wake up because, you know, you're bored and decide today I'm going to do this? (laughs) You just seem like a real lost individual, bro. You wasted everybody's fucking time. You brought this kid down who you said is the craziest person in the whole entire world who can't 
can't even do a fucking crab walk and then complain and cry and bitch and moan for 15 minutes stamping his feet. I want it my way. That's not the fuck how life is. And that's not how the manner goes. So, you know, I don't know what your point and purpose was here to get footage on Russ because you fucking lied to Russ. And then what? You brought your buddy out there because he was going to beat it? No, he wasn't going to beat it because he wanted to just go jump into a fucking stunt that he it would have been not possible for him to do at that point. I think what you did was dumb. I think it was obviously reckless and that's your hey, name fitting there. Man. And I think that if you really sit down and do some soul searching, you'll realize what you're doing ain't it. This just ain't it. And you seem like you're very fucking lost. There's no big payoff. Right. There's no wow. big, I mean, Damn. some likes on YouTube. Big fucking deal. You know how many people have done that already? It's old. In regards to YouTube, I'm telling you right now, you post some shit up there. If you use the name, if you, you use any copyright or trademark material, you will be hearing from our lawyers. You're not wasting our fucking time and doing this kind of bullshit and leading us down one path and acting another. That's sociopathic for you to look at people in the face okay. and fucking lie to them and do it well enough that people trust you. You have a real fucking problem, bro. Anyway, if something does come out, you will be hit with trademark infringement, copyright infringement, all of it. If I were you, I would take the warning. So I, by this point in the narrative, I was like, these are this so is, again look at the title too i exposed and infiltrated mckamey manor yeah, episode two yeah so guys again let's use our common sense these guys have profited and benefited off of their experience at mckamey manor supremely i mean oh yeah i think this reckless is, ben has gotten like a hundred thousand extra subscribers from this drama like he you know this is the top content essentially on his channel this is like kind of his big break i think they knew that i think they timed this with the documentary release uh you know they knew mckamey manor is going to be back in the news it's halloween season and so they saw an opportunity and they took it and yeah you know you know i guess kudos to them they it's fun you know they made some some content off of it and but in the process you know is there also some negatives to it i think so yeah by that voicemail though that was where it was losing me a little bit and i was like very unprofessional it's it's getting like schoolyard talk yeah like you're lame no you're lame and it's like you're lost (laughs) you're You're just lost (laughs) just bored so yeah i mean that was probably not a smart move on russ and kelly's part i mean they kind of just seem like children now going back and forth. Well, but, again, it's great for the drama, right? Yeah. It's fun to watch. It's, it's good content. I yeah. mean, this is what people on YouTube want to watch. They want to watch the drama unfold. Yeah. And I get it. It's very drama packed. But like, is there substance to it? Yeah. Kind of. Not really. Crumbs. Crumbs, yeah, crumbs. You know, tidbits here and there. You know, to be like, I infiltrated McCamey Manor and exposed them. Like, you know clickbait yeah is what i see there like where's the infiltration you guys even make it into anything yep then i'll get i'll get into the verbiage uses in a little bit here how uh i don't know you're accusing russell lion but we'll see that you're exaggerating you have to be careful man you have to be really careful when you do these exposes of people because again you have to come with extraordinary evidence to back those claims up. You can't make these 
just make claims out there. I mean, you really shouldn't make claims at all. You should let the authority, if there's real legitimate claims to be made, that you should let the authorities and the legal process handle that versus taking it to YouTube yep. to try to, to try to solve the problem, right? So apparently Ben's second video was actually removed by YouTube for violating their harmful and dangerous policy. The point of his video that was flagged was supposedly him showing an aerial view of Russ's property where the rat race stunt was held. Which, come on guys, like, why are you doxing someone's property? You're essentially doxing yeah. him. That's obviously a no-no on YouTube. It's just, you shouldn't do that for anybody. Whether you think they're the worst human being on the planet, like, it's not your place to do that. Again, go through the, if you really think there is a criminal act going on here, why did they, where is the call to the authorities to the police, in this yeah. whole thing? I don't hear a call. Where's the 911 call to the, or the, you know, email to the police department to have them investigate this supposed fraud that's going on, this, this elaborate scam that's going on. Yeah. None of that there. And like Austin's been saying, this really turns into some schoolyard drama, <laughs> two YouTubers going at it. It's like YouTube beef. This is classic YouTube beef yeah. is really what this is. Cause Russ was telling his fans to go report reckless Ben's videos as many times as they could. And then Ben claimed, that his videos had been demonetized by YouTube, which maybe, you know, if you do go and mass report a video, there is some impact. But again, those are reviewed like an actual person goes and reviews those. Right. And my guess is it wasn't just, you know, demonetized by YouTube for the fact that they were reporting. it. I think there's other reasons for it. But clearly based off of the content and YouTube knows what's going on here. Like for some, when something like this starts getting traction and I know this from personal experience, like we have a manager over at YouTube. We actually have a human being over there who's pretty high up that understands the inner workings of it. We've had uh, talks and calls with the YouTube review team. They're not just, you know, everything isn't just automated, especially when it's starting to get traction, starting to get a lot of views. So a human being on their, on their safety team actually reviewed this probably already watched the videos all the way through. And they were able to come to the conclusion that what these guys are doing is against their advertiser policies because you know, you're making a lot of claims and you're creating YouTube drama. And a lot of times that creates issues for the advertisers because there's legalities going on. You know, there's different things going on there that are not beneficial to the advertisers yeah. and they wouldn't want to be on content like this for that very reason because it's controversial. And if anything, the demonetization hypes it up even more. And I think, and we'll yes, it's another reckless, reckless Ben has played into this. So I did see the first two parts of his videos which the second one is now gone uh the video so videos one and three out of six active videos on the mechanic the mechanic the first two parts which are videos one and three because two have has been removed out of his six active videos on the mckinney manor have been demonetized so two out of six the others as far as i could tell are still monetized they might be limited i I, I don't have we have no way to know yeah. yeah and we don't know why they were demonetized in the first place and he doesn't explain that so no idea in another video titled McKamey Manor is suing me for exposing their secrets Ben claimed that McKamey Manor was suing him but he didn't know what for so two things I want to address here one 
if you're demonetized, he was even saying in his more recent videos that they're demonetized, which they are not. And then he's saying, go support me on Patreon. This video has been demonetized. No, it has not. You're still making money on that video. So are you? Scammer. Who's scamming now? Scammer, dude. Who's scamming now? And then two, this doesn't make sense that you're being sued, but you don't know what for. And I'll explain why. (laughs) This This is where the whole thing lost me. I was like, this is ridiculous. To lawfully file a lawsuit, the plaintiff must serve the defendant, who is Ben in this case, with a summons and a copy of the petition or complaint. If the defendant fails to render service of such documents, the case will be dropped or continued until the service of process has taken place. So either they served you, you're lying about it, they didn't serve you, so you're not being sued and you're lying about it. Quote, let's quote the title, McKamey Manor is suing me for exposing their secrets. So here's a lie. Or they, are they suing you? They didn't serve you the papers, so the case is going to fall apart. Or he's just going off that conversation on that phone, that Kelly. It's left, it's just a voice threat. Mail. It's a threat. threat. And it, again, schoolyard talk. Do you remember in like fifth grade, you'd be like, I'm going to sue you. <laughs> I'm going to sue you. It's, it's, that line is as old as time. Yeah. When you actually go down the road of filing a lawsuit, another thing that I have been involved with, it is way more involved than that. And in any sort of legal action, there is some form of paperwork. Yes. Whether it's served to you personally, it's emailed over to you, just a threatening letter from the opposing attorney, or it's mailed to you first class. There is some shred of proof that they are either threatening legal action or they have already filed a motion to sue you. So, Ben, Danny, Where's the proof, buddies? Where is it? Show us the documents. You're saying you're being sued? I want to see the document. Yeah, they don't exist. I don't believe you until you show the document. No one else out there in your audience should either. Because we're going to get to a point where it's like, who's really scamming who here? Honestly. (laughs) I hate to say that, guys. But like, come on now. And it's like, it's just, there have been threats of lawsuits. I'll give them that. But it's Josh, I'm going to sue you. Okay, (laughs) let's do it. I'm down. It it means nothing. So the truth is, at no point has Ben being sued in that video where he claims to be. Kelly and the associates of the McKamey Manor are just threatening. Oh, and you think that's bad. Next, he claims that he's hacking into Russ McKamey's phone when really all he was doing was using a prank app to make it seem like the call was coming from his phone was actually coming from Russ. Come on, guys. And then he was going to use his phone to call Kelly, the woman who was sending him the threatening voicemails, as she threatened to send their lawyers after him. Then she said this, quote, there's massive contracts and big things coming out between Hulu, Discovery Channel. There's a lot of stuff coming out. We don't need this extra little bullshit right now. And we'll get to the Hulu documentary here in a little bit. But it seems like a very valid statement to me. Because the <laughs> accusations coming out of the Hulu documentary are far more serious than two little YouTubers yeah. fucking around with them. Yeah. Trying, you know, trying to expose them. 
So a common tactic for Russ and his team is obviously threatening lawsuits or doxing to anyone who tries to expose Manor, talk poorly about him, which they have done in the past. Yeah, there's some haters uh, that are out there where they were basically like, we will expose you and your family and give out all your information. And that guy like disappeared then. So they've done, they've done shady shit like that. But to be fair, there's a lot of other scenarios where this also plays out it's not like this this scenario is unique to mckamey manor and it's following this happens right all the time across the internet across all facets of entertainment really kelly threatened to sue him for quote-unquote copyright and trademark infringement if they use the name mckamey manor in his youtube videos they threatened ben and said he was quote-unquote breaching laws then they said there was a claim being filed for thirty thousand dollars ben then continued trolling kelly and russ and as he later called it quote unquote war but after getting two strikes on youtube ben did two podcast episodes which were basically a q a and discussion about the situation until ben could post on youtube again after supposedly having two strikes against him so again more and more content they're trying to quote unquote keep the war up yeah it's 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 content it's getting him tons of views they're like Fuck yeah we're cashing out baby yeah like, it's war profiteering yeah, is what it is exactly <laughs> So it's like, of course, they're going to keep it going. They're making podcasts. There's supposedly more videos to come uh, with this stolen footage. Yeah. Which I can't wait to see from this hard drive. Supposedly he has. Anyways. Yeah. So here's here's summing up to where we're at in this so we can move forward yeah. uh, and maybe focus on a little bit bigger things than the Reckless Ben stuff. So here's what they accuse Russ of. Having a torture fetish. Lying about the manor's existence, not following through with the challenges that the waiver promises, it not being as intense as he claims, and threatening people who go against him with lawsuits or doxing them, which, if you don't know what doxing is, it's publishing a person's private information online. So Ben's experience, although extremely drawn out, is a good example of the harassment that Russ and his team put their haters through. So by this point, I think that's what we have figured out is the threatening things, threatening lawsuits, threatening to dox people. That That is the scum behavior that is actually tangible, uh, in my opinion, for the McKamey Manor as it exists today. Have they exposed that it doesn't exist? I, that it's fake? Yeah, I, I don't really, I'm not seeing that. Didn't get far enough Yeah, to, to really get you, your investigation ended before it began sorry guys like you didn't get far enough to even give us a remote glimpse if that's true or not here's one of my thoughts too is if it is fake what the hell is the private group possibly paying for right, or watching people still be there if they keep just watching these people do the stupid mice crab walk, and yeah. getting shot in the face with water and and do crab walks with dog food what private facebook group is interested in watching that content so that's like i said there's just enough benefit of the doubt for me to believe that there is something beyond where reckless ben and danny got speaking of danny i wanted to bring our producer danny in here to see if he had any thoughts on the reckless ben situation what's your do you have a take on it i mean it seems to me like they're just agitators it seems, it kind of reminds me of old youtube prank videos where they just go in yeah. and try and agitate whoever there's whoever the subject is try and get a reaction out of them and then use that as them being exposed and it's a classic formula exactly and agitating someone and getting to the point where they have an emotional reaction is not exposing them yeah it's not <laughs> it's, it's just it's, it's just 
harassment is it's, all it is. It's called trolling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's and all it is. The fact that they didn't even try, just even try to just be a little bit covert about it and try and go through the experience and not ask all these questions. If they really wanted to get all this, all the information they had, you're right. They would have just shut up and gone through it. And then at the end, maybe ask some questions. So they would have had the actual experience and the footage from that, but they didn't. They started agitating the second they got there. And that's, that's, that's not how you do journalism. And that's, yeah. that's no, cause this, at, this isn't at journalism least, at the day. It's not, it's I not. will give props to reckless Ben because at least his first shot through it, he was legitimately trying to get through it. Yeah. It was Danny Burks where he just gave up, started arguing very quickly, but I will give props to reckless Ben. He, he legitimately did try and go as far as he possibly could. And they were the ones that called it off. So. And he had an emotional response to what he was dealing with. Yeah. And I understand that completely. Yeah. So I think, to, to sum it all up, my advice to Reckless Ben and Danny would be go watch the Blackout Experiments documentary. And I'm sure you guys have probably seen the Hulu documentary, but it's it's like if you guys are aspiring to document, you know, have this inside investigation on something that you allegedly think is a scam, a fraud, or, you know, you want to expose something, there is a proper way to go about doing that in a more professional and investigative setting and i think especially the blackout experiments i think i think is is a much better look at how you actually go in and, and look at something that maybe is controversial um versus doing it the way that you guys did and i get it you guys are you guys are youtubers at the end of the day and that's the youtube formula you gotta get the content so out, and it's like know. You know, I'd love to see your guys' demographics because my, my guess would be probably skews younger. And so, yeah, people love watching that shit. It's fun. Know? It's, it's fun. fun. I, I enjoyed watching it. Honestly, it was it was you know it was funny at times. It was annoying at times. <laughs> and ultimately, like I said, you guys went there. You guys attempted it. So I can't I can't hate on you for that. So it's not the expose that it claims it is, right? But it's. It's just consistent. It is milking. an inside look based on your experience. So. Yeah. And, you know, we all still have the same questions that you do. And, you know, they're teasing this stolen footage. And one of his thumbnails has been holding this hard drive, which he says he doesn't have yet, or it was coming in the mail or something like that. Yeah, so that's yeah. clearly like, you know, it's like, it's the classic YouTuber like you said, kind of prank style videos. And that's what people on YouTube need to understand, or the audience on YouTube needs to understand is like, you can't believe everything that you see. Yeah. And people manipulate things and twist things and clickbait. And, you know, we all, everybody in YouTube who does this, we all do it to some extent. We're all guilty of it because that's just the way that YouTube is. So at the end of the day, it's like we're all playing the YouTube game. And for that, I get why you guys did what you did. I just think that to go as far as you're trying to go with the accusations and the allegations, I think is is a bit. I think you're treading in in uh, deep water, dark water there a little bit. So, um, and the as far as the secret footage goes, which I was going to touch on a little bit later, but um, he in the latest live stream, I think he's like, we have it. We're just trying to figure out what to do with it. And I'm like, I, I get Play that it for us then. Yeah. Or, or don't make a live video and just yeah. 
work on that and then bring us the cool expose, right? right? Why does every, it's, it would be crazy if a real expose was like, here are the steps that I've gone through to expose somebody and I'm going to show every single potential detail and do Q and A's. And before I even actually expose whatever I have, the world would be insane if that's how journalism worked. And so it just gets a little exhausting. But anyways, we'll link, we'll link their, their channels and their videos for you. If you're interested in seeing them in, in full capacity, because obviously we just showed a couple little snippets of it and ultimately go make up your own mind on, on, you know, their work. Uh, we're not here to, to sway anybody's opinion one way or another. All opinions are ours only. So go make up your own mind for them. And, you know, you can, uh, see it for yourself but moving on let's move towards this legendary waiver when it comes to mckamey manor so there's other sources that have reported that russ fabricated the intensity of his manor years ago in 2015 russ told the san diego union tribune that much of what appears on his youtube videos vomiting participants weeping and bruised and young men crying to be released as his head is shoved underwater is quote unquote smoke and mirrors and that visitors are not held against their will so by 2015, he had already admitted to exaggerating what was really going on. Because and I think he he literally says this himself: "I'm a filmmaker, yeah, yeah, first and foremost. Like I don't even think he wants to be known as like the haunted attraction guy. He's more interested in making the films and the videos. Because obviously that's where the money is too, is in the videos. But I think that's what he truly enjoys the most is editing the videos. I mean, even his ex-wife attests to how much time." he'd spend editing those tour videos. I think that's really his forte in all this is the editing and creating the YouTube videos. With that said though, if this is an expose on the McCamey Manor, Russ already exposed himself back in 2015. <laughs> right, he he right. said it's smoke and mirrors. Right. He has admitted that. So what's there to expose if he's already exposed himself? If he's already saying I've exaggerated these things, it's smoke and mirrors, it's Hollywood so to speak, you could say, you know, it's kind of the same way someone would claim that they're being sued for YouTube when they're not, or it's, it's the same way that someone could say that they're being sued just for YouTube clicks or milking hour long videos. Uh, when there's absolutely no substance behind it, you say you have secret footage when there's not. So isn't that the same smoke and mirror game you're playing that Russ is also playing? I'm not saying that Russ isn't a piece of garbage, I'm saying that we're all every every side here is playing the smoke and mirrors game of exaggerations and making things seem way more intense than what they really are. Has he ever released an unedited raw version of his, of a tour? Only the live streams as far as I know which are current. But back then he but back then. No, he has never done it because he said he's like I want to protect the magic of it. So that should tell you right there that as extreme and crazy as those videos seem, there's a lot we're not seeing as well. Yeah, Things can be edited in a way to make it look far worse and far more extreme than it actually is. You don't know what the few scenes prior to what you're watching were. It could have been, we're going to give you a break and then you're going to you know, play into this. And I mean, you can even see in the videos himself, like he is trying to play up the reactions. He is trying to kind of coach them by the ways that the things that he says and to the participants and doesn't mean that the participants reactions aren't necessarily authentic and real, but 
it's very i mean it's very obvious to me when you watch through the videos that he is he's constantly looking for that reaction he even says it himself he's like i didn't get the reaction that i wanted from yeah. that because ultimately he's he's concerned about the video the end result of what the film's going to be for that particular tour yeah and he's he's trying to craft it in a way that he's getting the the reactions that he wants for entertainment value exactly the same way doesn't negate the that reckless ben is editing i haven't seen the raw video footage of his walkthrough so yeah everyone's editing it it's all smoke and mirrors here it's all hollywood all right screw all this i did my own research all right we're gonna dive into things that i found good lord did i have to sift through quite a lot um i went through you know i said it before how much i went through but i found a leaked waiver which is fun we're going to go through a little bit of this. This was this copy is from 2017, which I believe he was still at his San Diego place then. Um, and I do want to address a lot of the accusations from Ben and Danny were that they, the waiver was promising things, which the waiver, like we said, the waiver doesn't promise things. The waiver is using terminology like the participant agrees to and understands or acknowledges and agrees that things will happen. Also... It's riddled with grammatical and spelling errors, and they're just, it's some of it's kind of hard to read, and it looks like they're slapping things in last minute, like, oh, I thought of this, we should throw that in there. And some of the clauses are just ridiculous outright. Some of the things are so stupid in here that if you think that they were real and still continued on, I don't know. I that's a, just a poor reflection on you. If you legitimately thought we're going to go through some of these, if you think these are real, I I just don't know what to say about you. Line 32 of the waiver says, "Quote: Participant agrees to partake if selected to participate in a height stunt that involves walking a plank 25 feet above ground without a safety net." Line 35. Participant acknowledges and agrees to be submerged in 60 feet of open water. <laughs> Participant acknowledges and agrees that their breathing apparatus will be removed, that it is the participant's responsibility to make their way to the surface on their own. If done incorrectly, there is a real chance a participant drowning or receiving decompression sickness, <laughs> a.k.a. the bends, which could cause permanent injury or even death. Like right there. Come on, guys. You, where is he getting 60 feet of open water to? <laughs> this is crazy. This is clearly to just psych you out. Like be like, oh my god, I could face every single fear known to man in this particular haunt line 54 participant fully understands and agrees that they may be crushed in a pit by various objects okay participant fully understands and agrees that if they are selected to visit the quote-unquote dentist that they may have a tooth extracted without novocaine and will not hold mckamey manor liable insane that doesn't who who thinks that's has anybody ever had a tooth removed in mckamey manor no you can't you can't do these things. We'll no, get into them a little bit. That, later. That's it, you just can't do these things. It doesn't matter if you have a waiver. Love this line. Line 64. Participant fully understands and agrees that MK Ultra aka mind control may be used. <laughs> They're getting the FBI agents or CIA agents to like dose the water or something before they go in there. Line 107, participant agrees to have hundreds of pounds of chain wrapped around their body with the possibility of being crushed or death. They do wrap chains around you, but I don't know about hundreds and hundreds of pounds. Right. You'd kill you. There'd be dead bodies littered around McCamey Manor if 
he followed through with any of these things, okay? Line 112, participant agrees that if selected to participate in Houdini's Chinese water torture apparatus, which will include being submerged upside down by your ankles with a straitjacket in a cylinder with live moray eels, there is a real possibility of drowning if participant is unable to control their breath. Insane. Line 114, participant agrees to participate in a high-speed barrel roll where the participant will be inside a 55-gallon drum. As the barrel rolls down a severely steep mountain. <laughs> Where is he getting a mountain out here, too? It is participants' responsibility to secure themselves inside the drum in order to not receive serious bodily injury. The drum will end in a 10-foot pond. <laughs> what? This guy is, I mean, got to hand it to Russ. He's a creative individual. <laughs> like, I wonder how long it took him to come up with this waiver. <laughs> yeah. Which he clearly wrote himself. Yes, come on, 100%. There is no legal person who would sign their name to this ever yeah okay this is clearly a joke it's clearly just there to psych you up into thinking holy shit i might die exactly in this haunt yeah line 138 participant acknowledges and agrees that they are agreeing to participate in mckamey manor's extinction for up to 36 hours in which mckamey manor is permitted to continue with the game at any point in that 36 hour window towards the end it says Basically, participant is basically going to, for lack of a better word, going to be body hardened. That's a, little, that's a little glimpse into how poorly this is written, though. But basically, participant is basically <laughs> going to, for lack of better wording, going to be body hardened. Like, all right. But throughout all these, here is one of my favorite. Actually, here's my number one. Line 72. Participant fully understands and agrees that McKamey Manor will use humiliation tactics such as name calling. God forbid. Back to the schoolyard. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, like out of everything, it's just God forbid the name calling. Here's my second favorite line 120. Participant understands that there is a real possibility that they may experience hypothermia. <gasps> If hypothermia becomes an issue, the tour will stop immediately. No questions asked. So we'll kill your ass. But we'll if put you in a barrel and roll you down a mountain. <laughs> but if you get cold and start shivering, we'll tour over. We'll We're not going to have any popsicles on this tour, okay? <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Uh, plus, in this leaked waiver, there supposedly was at some point a safe phrase after all. So that's more of the rumors and mystique has... a been exposed this is at least in the 2017 version it says quote participant understands for this specific show only so they do just point out this one i think it's called was it extermination i believe for this show that participant is being offered a safe phrase it is up to the participant to use this phrase due to their weakness if they (laughs) if they feel they need such a weak precaution as a safe phrase uh but here Here's where the this concept of a waiver really comes into play. And here's one of the most contentious lines in the waiver. Line 51. Participant fully understands that injuries may occur during their tour of McKamey Manor, which may include, but not limited to, head, neck, and back injuries, death, stroke, traumatic brain injury, brain aneurysms, cerebral or retinal hemorrhage, subdural hematoma, loss of consciousness, whiplash, Harmful heart reactions, nausea, headache, dizziness, lacerations, broken or sprained bones, torn ligaments, bleeding wounds, scrapes and or cuts, heat stroke or drowning, 
does not hold McCamey Manor responsible. But here's the thing. Here's the ultimate thing, which is what we've been trying to get for with this consent. A waiver does not legally protect against consequences of serious bodily injury. That's not how things work. So serious bodily injury is something like death, stroke, traumatic brain injuries, neck and back injuries, broken bones. Plus they even add in, you know, emotional distress and psychological issues. It doesn't really matter if you had signed a waiver or not. The same way that I just, we can't get a waiver going that says, Danny can legally pile drive me to death and kill me and everything will be okay. That's not how waivers work. Have you ever heard of a personal injury lawyer? Probably hear the ads on TV all the time. Oh yeah. That's who you call. There you go. And it's, it's, it, it, I think that's why a lot of people are scared to come forward because they think that this waiver does have legal protection against McCamey Manor, but it really, it just doesn't. That's just not how it works. It's the same thing with youth, euthanasia laws. You can't just sign a waiver and get someone to legally kill you. It, it doesn't work. So there's also a potential violation of consent during these tours. If we're, if we're going with, you know, the rumor and the mystique that you can't have a safe word, you can't back out for whatever reason, that doesn't really make sense either because things like covering your mouth, if you can't actually vocalize that you're in a state of distress and you no longer consent to what's happening, that's, that's a huge legal problem there. Or if the guest is clearly just in a state of distress and not even saying anything, even if you're not vocalizing that you're not consenting anymore, there is still legal blowback if you were not consenting. So a lot of it is uh, more, uh, more smoke and mirrors, I guess, if you want to say. And those who have been assaulted, who didn't think that was fair, Russ was pushing these boundaries, you absolutely have legal recourse in these circumstances. It's just 100%. 100%. I mean, if you look at the other extreme haunts out there, there's a reason why they have that safe word because that's how they protect themselves legally. That at any point during the experience that you want to be done, you can be done. Yeah. You don't have to beg and plead and, and then continue getting tortured before. And it's very evident that Russ has crossed the line many a times based on people who've gone through the experience. They've said it themselves in the Hulu documentary, several individuals in there felt like he pushed it too far and that when they were done, they should have just been done. And yet Russ just tried to keep it going. Cause again, his motive is, is the film he's filming it, which is very different. And I think the biggest controversy in all this is the filming of, of these tours in no other extreme haunt that I could find. Do they film you during the experience and then subsequently put it up on YouTube for the world to see? That's where, you know, and, and that's ultimately why he, why he does it. And if he removed YouTube from this, removed the filming from it, there would be no reason not to have the safe word there. But because this is entertainment and he's using it to make money, that's why he's been pushing, pushing the line. And that's very obvious based on those who've worked closely with him in the Hulu documentary. They make that known right out, right yeah. out of the gate. This is speculation on my end, but who's to say he's not saying, hey, I'll pay you $100 if you say 
so I can get this really good footage of you saying like, please, no, I don't want to go forward. What if, you know, he could be pushing cash under the table towards these people. There could be potential actors in some of those videos. We don't know. So the, before we move on, I just wanted to read you a little, uh, a little bit of a, a page on uh, the Cochrane Law Firm's website. And this, this is in regards to waivers and skydiving. Cause I'm like, let's, let's explore this waivers a little bit. Cause obviously the waivers like one of is the thing yeah. about McKamey Manor. Mm-hmm. Right. So this is coming straight verbatim from their website. It says waivers are a tricky business and some courts may find them enforceable while others may not. So based on that statement alone, do you think McKamey Manor's waiver is enforceable? Hell no. They're going to, th- the judge is going to laugh at that and they're going to prosecute him to the full extent. And I think I'm sure there's probably people that have tried or maybe not. And that's what's so crazy about it is I think a lot of the people and they say it themselves who've gone through and feel like they were, you know, either experienced seriously bodily, bodily injury, their consent was not listened to have a case legally. Absolutely. Yeah. They have a legal case against Russ, but they've said it themselves that because they signed that waiver, they waived all of their rights. And they just didn't know that that you do like whether or not you sign a waiver or not doesn't mean that your consent goes out the window. Right. Right. So in the case of recklessness on behalf of the skydiving company, so you could replace this with McKamey Manor, the court may throw out the waiver in favor of the plaintiff. The burden of proof really relies on the plaintiff's ability to prove that the skydiving company was purposefully reckless in their duties. Recklessness means that the owner, pilot, or parachute rigger of the skydiving company consciously or willfully disregarded or was indifferent to the standards of care. A reasonable person would exercise in like circumstances. The person responsible for the safety of the jumper knows or should have known that their actions would result in a risk of harm, which would be unjustifiable. Most courts will honor a waiver in which recklessness is proved because they don't allow, want to allow businesses or individuals to get away with intentionally causing risks of harm just because there's a waiver in place. They want to hold businesses and individuals accountable for the safety of the customers in their care. However, many courts will uphold a waiver if the business or individuals in charge were negligent. In order for a skydiving company or individual to have been negligent in their duties, they must meet five criteria. They were in charge of the safety of the plaintiff. They breached that duty of safety. The actions of the defendant caused harm to the plaintiff. The harm was foreseeable. The plaintiff has monetary or non-monetary damages resulting from the defendant's negligence. So again, it gets very, you know, you gets into a lot of legal, legal jargon from here, but it's very obvious based on Cochrane Law Firm and what they're saying when, in regards to waivers that basically anything that we've seen that goes beyond, you know, crosses that line could absolutely be grounds for legal action against Russ. And for whatever reason, people just have opted not to go that route because they've been sort of tricked by this waiver. Or maybe they just don't have the the means to go and get a lawyer. It's expensive to, to go, over, go after somebody illegally. And so a lot of people just don't do anything about it. And maybe Russ knows now that's maybe why the experience is so lame now because he's even saying, no, we have a good safety track record. We're not here to hurt people and stuff. Maybe over the years he's toned it down because he realizes his waiver does not protect him at all. Yeah. 
And I think there's a great scene in the the documentary. If you haven't seen it, I do recommend you go and watch it of an, the other extreme haunt. And they show somebody going through it. And in in the experience, the per, the actor is actually like, "Hey, hey, are you okay? Like, are you sure you want to continue with your experience?" And continually check in with the participant to make sure that they're okay physically, mentally, and that they want to willfully continue the experience. Yeah. They're like giving people hugs out right. there if it was too much. They're like, we want to make sure you're all right. Cause that's at the end of the day, it's, it's, they're doing this for entertainment and you don't want to fuck people up. That's bad business right. for one. And it's ethically wrong and morally wrong. So it's like in that regard, Russ is absolutely doing this the wrong way. He's absolutely a monster when it comes to how he's running his haunt his experience whatever you want to call it at this point it's completely more morally ethically and just legally wrong yeah all the above so that's that's about it for the waiver as far now here's the thing with the manor we're gonna get into russ's property here um i've looked at aerial footage of russ's tennessee property the images are from the past few years uh, the detailed ones were circa 2019. Here's basically what it looks like to me. It's a big property. It looks like he most likely takes you in the front yard at the beginning where we see the reckless Ben and Danny Burke videos. That's most likely in his front yard. He's just making them run around and do something. Sometimes it's not even at his property. It's in a park or somewhere nearby in the backyard of his house. There's this cage maze that's basically in the center of his backyard the maze was surrounded by three shipping containers on three sides where he probably did a series of tortures and challenges inside those containers next to this is a bigger barn where other challenges might have taken place and on the other side of the shipping containers was a series of four square trenches that he had people crawling through which i think is where we see reckless ben he's in the straight jacket they're making him crawl through it i believe that's where this is these are connected with a small building about the size of a chicken coop. So is there a quote unquote manor at this house? No, that, that doesn't exist. But like I said before, that's like saying is a haunted house a hoax if the haunted house is held in a warehouse or in a field? Are we just going to get into like word arguments here? Yeah. I, I don't, it's, all some, it's just semantics at the end of the day. So no, there's no manner. There never has been. Uh, so I think that's fair to call him out on that. But it's it's also just a haunted house thing. It's just an operation that's running that's calling itself one thing, the same as any haunted house does. Right. Plus, it seems like from his videos that not all the tours are done on this property. Unfortunately, I don't know what the layout of the inside of his property in San Diego looked like exactly. So I can't say there are pictures of the front of his house though. It kind of just looks like a small regular one story house uh, that he did it in. So who knows what was going on there? I think one of the biggest clues that the manor isn't what it used to be is that the McKamey manor YouTube channel has not posted in six years. Wow. And that's that when, a lot. yeah, that's when he shut down his San Diego operations and the his other channel, the McKamey Manor Presents channel, hasn't posted in four years. So it seems pretty clear that he's moved off of YouTube. Yeah. He no longer wants to do that. And like you said, whether that was 2020, he just no longer saw it as a lucrative thing. Or maybe he just didn't want to do that anymore. He moved to live streaming. 
for whatever reason. Or a totally different experience altogether. Yeah, true. And he's just calling it McCamey Manor, same as before, because his name is Russ McCamey. Yeah. And that's, you know, he's got notoriety behind that name. So why would he then change it to like just the McCamey experience? You know what I mean? Like that's still what's drawing the people in is the name. But just like every haunted house in America, they change year after year after year. They evolve. They, you know, might start out one way and then three years later, it's something completely different and it might not be what you expect if you go through it later on. Yeah. And that's just the way it is. Yep. Doesn't mean it's a hoax or it never existed or it's a scam. It just means that the owners decided to change it. Yeah. For whatever reason. Yeah. So. And you get your dog food back if it's yeah that great right yeah. there's no monetary loss here so to call it a scam i always think there has to be some monetary transaction here yeah. and so that's why i don't really think it's a scam it might be lame as hell but i don't think there's a scam going on per se i did find a local news article that claimed that the entire experience supposedly takes place across three properties that he has the first is a three to four hour experience in at his home in Summertown, Tennessee, which was, I think, with this is where Reckless Ben was at. The second is supposedly another five hours of mental and physical horror somewhere in Nashville. And the last phase is supposedly at an undisclosed location in Huntsville, Alabama. So whether these final two phases even exist or not, it's just hasn't really been verified. The Huntsville Police Department and the Madison County Sheriff's Office supposedly had never even heard of his property there. Don't know where it is. Um, which doesn't really make sense because I personally, I know where his Huntsville property is, but although reckless Ben did not meet Russ at his property in Huntsville the second time, there also was no indication that anything in regards to a manor experience was there. It was mm-hmm. kind of just an open field. They were trying to get him to eat pizza and stupid shit like that. <laughs> the district attorney general in Lawrence County, Tennessee, Brent Cooper also told WHNT that he is aware of the situation with the manor. But to his knowledge, Russ has not committed any crimes. So these locations and their tours are either extremely secluded or they don't exist at all or they're just big empty fields. One of the above, not sure. With all that said, by Ben's most recent video, which was published on October 18th, 2023, he claimed he stole secret footage from the McCamey Manor. We touched on this a little bit earlier. He also claimed that he was still being sued for what i don't know they there were the, shows proof man it, yeah that's all i have to say yep uh the exposed narrative is pretty much we agree has just gone off the rails by this point and they're just milking it i i think i mean even ben admitted on a, the live stream it was like the most recent one they did that it like getting him to eat pizza was pointless even though he tries to make it be all this thing he just and he's like oh the pizza's a metaphor for russ's power tripping and i'm like you've lost me you've lost me man so he's also admitted that every time they said they hacked something there was no hacking involved which doesn't surprise me at all (laughs) hacking is incredibly boring if you're actually doing it so i think they're just saying hacking like the hollywood hacking trope like we're gonna hack the mainframe we're getting in there i mean to be fair the only hacking that went on wasn't by reckless ben and danny but in the hulu doc uh they did manage to get into russ's email account yes they they essentially hacked his email account and 
saw a bunch of his emails, but we'll get to the Hulu doc here in a minute. Yeah, that was actually the wolf who got into mm-hmm. his email. Yeah. Ben and Danny, they've just been killing time. It's now basically a channel dedicated to trolling Russ, which I, I'm okay with. I just wish they were more honest about it because they make it seem like it's this big journalistic es- expose. Exactly. But That's what drives me nuts is when YouTubers try to try to take that approach and it's just they're so far off. You're trying to actually doing. You're trying to get this guy to eat a five dollar hot and ready pizza with you. I don't think we're. <laughs> I don't think we're in this expose journalism realm. People are trolling realm. Think, sure. Yeah, trolling. Excellent which, uh, trolls. Yes. Like, yeah. Keep keep trolling his ass. It's it's funny and and screw Russ. And it's clearly getting to Russ. So yeah. you know, keep it up. I mean, we all want him to go away. So if that if you guys are the ones that are going to bring him down, then. Keep at it. Yeah. We're, we're, we're rooting for you guys. For sure. Um, and then my last comment, I think, is there's still an open line of communication, as far as I know, between Ben and McKamey Manor Associates, like Kelly, who was the one that sent the nasty voicemail in the beginning. They just have this back and forth. And I'm like, if you're actually going through a lawsuit, why would you want to keep up the back and forth no, between each other? you don't other? do that. Yeah. You, don't you do cut, that. you sever ties if you're going to serve someone. Yeah. If you're actually going to court, you're not doing this shit. Yeah. And they have to know he is using those conversations as content yes. for his videos. So yep. it's just a big drama, hype fest, troll fest yep. from here on out. And as far as the supposed secret footage, it's not clear if it even exists or not. But we might see it in a future video. Who never knows? know. Never know. Keep your eyes peeled on uh, Reckless Ben's YouTube channel yeah. where we're anxiously awaiting uh, the secret footage that will expose it all. But switching gears to the Hulu documentary, because I think there's a lot more valid concerns and even allegations that, that came out of this that shed a shed a a better, you know, better light in the sense that it's clearer what what we're seeing here. And it's it's not looking good uh, for Russ McCamey. Um, but the documentary kind of goes you know familiarizes people with mckamey manor and the people that type of people that go through the experience you know it's a lot of people that are adrenaline junkies there's actually a lot of um veterans that go through it and it seems like russ really really likes the veterans um at being a veteran himself you know bringing the the marines and people who saw combat into this experience and breaking them down somehow really brings russ a lot of joy he really likes to watch people uh, breakdown and and women as well, and so in the documentary, uh, there's a couple individuals that are interviewed: Melissa Everly, Gabby Hardiman, Chris Smith, and Brandon Vance um, are featured among others, and they've all gone through the experience and they want to expose Russ's abuses over the years. Each of them had their own personal reasons for wanting to go through McCamey Manor. They all signed waivers on the spot right before they went in. They all went through the same type of experiences that we've seen in other videos, including Reckless Ben's videos, a metal barrel tied to them, exercise to exhaustion, chained up, waterboarded, locked in cages, etc. Gabby was one of the manor's first participants, and she ended up being Russ's assistant and helping run his social media accounts for a while. But then she started to get weird feelings from Russ. And see, here's the thing for me is like I trust these uh, the people in this documentary's uh, opinions a lot more and and testimony yeah uh on their relationship with russ because they've actually been there she worked with him like i think there's a lot more credibility to what they're saying than obviously what these youtubers are saying 
and it, I, as far as I know, they have gone through the gamut of challenges. Yes, and they went through the whole experience. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like for hours and hours and hours on end. And she saw patterns of Russ specifically getting men from the military because he loved having control over them. Supposedly, they left the man with broken ribs and concussions, and their eyes were so swollen that they couldn't open them. Others said that Russ has also chosen attractive women that he thought he could manipulate and then seek and form relationships with. The movie also features Justin, who we've been mentioning, a.k.a. The Wolf. And he also moved around with a metal barrel strapped to his back. He also had a similar experience to Ben and Danny. He started arguing with Russ, which ended the experience. And then that's when he started the Facebook group, McKamey Manor Exposed. At some point, he got into Russ's emails because he was using an old email software. So he was able to just like call up the customer service and get them to reset it, which is pretty shocking, honestly. <laughs> hilarious, um, honestly. Pretty hilarious. And uh, yeah, he found out through his emails that Russ uh, was allegedly not paying his taxes. So if we're talking about potential criminal activity, here is actual evidence of something going on. The IRS filed a lien against Russ McCamey's house citing... $252,000 of unpaid income taxes, interest, and penalties for the 2012 tax year, according to the county records. Also, I just want to say I didn't have to hack this man's email to find this information out because, like a lot of the drama-provoking people, they want to claim that they've found this new stuff. This was reported back in 2016 in the San Diego Union-Tribune. So, this is old news, guys. Uh, I, and we don't we don't have to hack into the emails to find this stuff out. There was also a complaint against him about an unpermitted business operating in a residential zone and code enforcement visited the house because of room additions and structures in the backyard. No citations were ever issued. And I wonder if maybe this is why he wanted to move out of the area at that time. He was kind of his neighbors had eyes on him and they weren't letting him run a business out of his house. I wonder also if the tax problems contributed to the reason he moved out and also why maybe his operations at the manor aren't what they used to be. Maybe these taxes really caught up to him and slammed him. Um, and then I also think maybe there is something to say about his past failed relationships because a lot of the women have claimed, I think her name is Carol Schultz, which yeah. we'll, we'll see in a little bit. She claimed that she was supporting him through a lot of it financially. Especially in the early years. Yep. When likely he was pitching it as a legitimate business, right? Yep. So also in the Hulu doc, Melissa, a former guest, got caught up in Russ's cult-like following. He actually gave her a nickname, which is very weird, called the Abyss Queen, and he started getting more attention from the community and Russ as a result. He later confessed to her that he liked a quote-unquote competitive athletic girl, but quote, wanted someone who would submit to him when he gets aggressive during sex. So obviously, uh, you know, crossing the line majorly there. Melissa felt nervous and didn't know how to respond. All she wanted to do was go through the manor. She felt pressured and worried that if she backed out, he would convince his fans that she was a hater and they would bully her. Melissa stayed up doing exercises to prepare for her tour the next day, and she supposedly stayed up for 26 hours and never fell asleep. By the next day, she said her brain felt like mashed potatoes, and the only people on the tour were Russ and her. So no actors, just one-on-one. He took her to a bamboo run where he started complimenting her, grabbing at her neck and being suggestive with her. Then he poured food coloring on her, covered her face in mud and covered her with towels. He then tried to get her to sleep for some time. 
She was so sleep deprived that at some point she dozed off. And Melissa suggested that while she was asleep, Russ might have done something to her. And that's all she said, done something to her. Ever since, she saw Russ as a narcissistic, manipulative piece of fuck. Her words. Russ declined to be in the documentary, but here's his response to it on social media. So he's pretty long-witted. I'm going to rip through this fast. So he posted, I think this was last week. As you know, I've been exposing one by one the garbage spewed by the sad individuals involved with the Hulu project. They are nothing but attention-seeking wannabes who can't claim any type of notoriety except for riding my coattails. Brandon, Chris, Melissa, Gabby, and Justin have never created anything to call their own in their lives. All they can cling to is me in the manor. If anyone reading this actually cares about the truth, all you have to do is watch their various exit videos. Those videos don't lie, unlike the lying performances in the Hulu Hate documentary. Why even call it a documentary? It was a one-sided, agenda-driven hit piece. How did that turn out for all concerned? Remember how excited they were prior to the release? That this was the final nail? The thing that was finally going to bring myself and McKimmy Manor down? What a joke. Any fair person saw right through the hate propaganda. And the worst part... It was absolutely dull. Could they have found a more boring group of players? One thing a lot of you don't know is several of the key players in the Hulu project have been or are directly involved with a haunt that actually has severely injured people. Quite a claim. Did you see the post from a couple of days ago? It's funny how the people involved are deadly silent. Did you actually listen to Melissa Everly's exit clips and the rest? Let's talk about Marissa for a moment. Tell me you wouldn't be upset if some liar hinted that you sexually assaulted them. Some things you just don't do, even if all you care about is fame. And trust me, I've heard every ugly story that could be told. The sad, disgusting part is these people absolutely know the real me and what I'm truly about. What those people do is truly sick. Luckily for me, I've always been smart enough to document what the contestants' true feelings are about after their experiences with me in the manner. Does anyone really believe that I'm making people say wonderful things about their tour and me? How is that even plausible? Everyone knows that if anything inappropriate or truly harmful or horrible happened during their time here, people would be speaking up faster than a speeding bullet. Nobody's going to lie about being assaulted or harmed. If that was actually the case, you have to ask yourself, do you really believe that all four of these exit videos are staged? We're not talking just one here, but all four? How is it even possible to buy into the premise that these particular participants were not telling their honest truth when it came to giving their honest opinions about their experiences? If you're an honest individual, these four exit videos don't lie. Haters, did you actually even watch all of them? Or are you so far gone by this point that this most basic of reality is silenced by your hatred? Food for thought. This final conclusion in this experiment called Truth is a couple of exit reviews from Gabby. No need to go into much detail. Her story is very simple. She was someone who truly enjoyed her experience and then realized later down the road she could receive a lot of attention if she somehow magically reversed her story. Is this really surprising to anyone reading this? This is the exact case for all of them. They got addicted to the easy fame of attacking me and what I created. They will do absolutely anything, including bold-faced lying, to hang on to that feeling of notoriety. I get it. I suppose what else do they have? Just look at the obsession they have with me. It's not just these people in the project. We know exactly the people I'm talking about. They can't move on with real life. They're stuck in rust mode. No matter how many years have passed, they can't let go of the fun and wonderful times being involved with me in the manor. I know that sounds wild and crazy, but I actually am a very fun person to be. I guess they just don't want to let go with 
with me, LOL. Uh, there's a lot of spelling and typos <laughs> here. You folks reading this know just who I'm talking about. No need to name names. Listen, some truly horrible things are out there that have happened to people and will absolutely freeze you in time. Furthermore, I completely understand that. Personally, I'm very well aware of what such trauma can do to a person, and I'm not talking about real trauma whatsoever. That is absolutely the most serious thing ever. I'm talking about the silliness and fun of the manner, to be completely obsessed over a game that you really, truly wanted to participate in, and then completely lie when you actually know the truth. Well, that's a whole different story. It's sad to see people who just can't let go. Because I no longer desire to have those individuals in my world in one way or another. You see them following every hater post, every single word I say, and they just can't help but chime in. I understand it's a way to belong. These people who I cut loose years and years ago, please get a life. Create something of your own. Focus on your new family and friends. Go out and find someone special to partner up with. Anything, but do something healthy for yourself and your loved ones. The obsession you have, and you know the type I'm talking about, is completely mental. I'm serious when I say I really wish all those people the absolute best, and I truly hope they find some kind of happiness that will enable them to move on. I suggest for your own sanity, you take my advice sooner than later. Love and happiness to you all. Now enjoy the truth show starring Gabby. So a part of me is like, God, do I want to give Russ this voice and explain it? But I think this is a, this post is a good example of Russ being really manipulative. Egotistical as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's Russ, 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 how great I am. Everybody just wants to be me. They can't, they can't let go of me. Yeah. And you knew they want to take me down. You loved it. Be, be truthful to yourself. You knew you were having a great time, which is, that's exactly what a manipulator does, right? It's like, no, those exit videos, watch them again. You were having a great time. And it's like, what are the, do you think there's water held in the exit videos? Do you think that's actually like, that sums up someone's full experience of what they felt in that exact moment. Hell no. Yeah. They're fucking shocked. They're traumatized. Like, right. You can't get a, you can't get a, a logical and truthful testimony after a torture. Immediately. (laughs) It's not like they just ran out of a haunted house, you know, a normal haunted house. And you're like, Oh, how was it? You know? And you, you interview somebody. No, you just literally, put people through torture and then subsequently ask them for an honest review. Yeah. And it's edited and who knows what, what gets cut out. And again, you can't process anything. Your body's in shock after what you just went through. Right. And if anything, you're just, you're in a better mood because you're like, thank God I'm not doing that anymore. When your adrenaline's at an all time high. Yeah. So you can't, you can't even like think straight. So I think that that point right there can be easily negated that everybody who's been through the manor is completely entitled to have a different opinion later on after they've been able to process what actually happened to them, think back on the things that they were put through and then change the way that they feel about Russ and the manor. I think that's completely valid. And for Russ to just be like, Oh, you can't change your story. You loved it at the, in the moment. It's like, no dude. Plus Gabby even admitted is like, when you have a camera in your face, a lot of people get camera shy. A lot of people just don't, you know, don't act normal with a camera right in front of them. Yeah. That's a totally normal human reaction. And yeah. to just dismiss that and be like, no, you only had one chance to give your review and it was immediately following it with me who's been filming you the entire time. No, dude. I'm not going to trust anything anyone says directly after a torture sequence that they've 
been subjected right, to. Right. I, I don't, your mind state is probably way different than it would be. So that's his only piece of evidence. It's like, look at the exit videos. They're fine. And it's like, that's all you have really when clearly they weren't, he, he does touch on the sexual assault allegations. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I think that that's always, always tricky because again, we just don't know. We don't have enough information there. Yeah. I do think that if Melissa really believes that that went on, she should absolutely contact the authorities and, and have an investigation done Yeah, and try to get to the bottom of that to, you know, you have to be careful when making serious allegations like that. If you are just making them up because obviously, you know, it's never, never a good thing to just make that kind of stuff up without, you know, following up on it with action. If you truly believe that happened to you, by all means, go after him and have an investigation done. Let the, like, and that's the hard thing with this, right? Is like, there's a lot of allegations and accusations, but it's like, if you truly 100% believe that lines were crossed, you were, you know, really tortured, really seriously injured during this experience, everybody should be filing lawsuits against him. Yeah. There should be investigations going on, criminal charges, you know, could potentially be brought against him. But as far as we know, at this point in time, there is none of that happening. Yeah. So until that happens and until the authorities get involved and start investigating Russ and investigating the allegations that are made, it's just allegations. It's exactly. So I think that's the thing you have to have to remember is like, if these things do really happen, these are very serious. If they did happen to you or you believe they did happen to you, then by all means, let's hold them responsible for it. And it's like, do I trust Russ? No, no, not within an inch I don't of my trust life. his word at all. Do I think he's a creep? Absolutely. As far as something criminal going on, I just, I can't say. I mean, if there is something, I hope maybe this new drama will maybe inspire people to come out and, and actually seek uh, law enforcement. But I don't, I'm not sure the, the farthest I could tell the worst thing this guy's done in the eyes of the law is the IRS, uh, tax yeah, tax yeah. evasion but because it's like he did put all of this on youtube very public where law enforcement has easy access to it yeah and if law enforcement you don't think law this never crossed law enforcement's desk right 100 percent it did law enforcement you could probably go pull records of all the times people called on mckamey manor for one reason or another so i do believe that law enforcement has been very much made aware and i'm sure especially up to this point now and subsequently following the documentary that they're well aware of Russ McCamey and his manner and probably the allegations as well. So it's like things are getting so serious that it's like we have to now let the proper authorities do what they do and investigate it. And if there is evidence that these allegations went on that he caught, you know, he, truly tortured people beyond what is, is i guess deemed legal then by all means he should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law but until that happens i mean it just seems like a lot of a lot of drama a lot of back and forth and i mean everybody's entitled to their opinion everybody's entitled to think what they think 
but it, it's just that. And I, I don't know, you know, agree with it or not. People did sign up for this. They did reach out to him initially. It's not like he went and kidnapped somebody unknowingly and brought them into this. True. Everybody willfully signed up, signed the waiver and went through the experience. It's the same thing with the blackout, whether you, whether you agree with what they're doing and whether you think it's morally or ethically right. I mean, people are signing up for this. People in the documentary are like, I'm an adrenaline. I'm looking for that adrenaline rush. I'm a horror fan. I wanted that immersive horror experience. And I think immersive horror is always going to be a controversial thing. Just period. It's always because everybody's got different moral and ethical standards. And depending on how you feel about it, you might think it's for one person, it might be completely morally wrong. And, you know, in your eyes, it's it seems like torture and it seems like people are subjecting themselves or, or being taken advantage of. But in other people's eyes, that's exactly what they're signing up for. They know that that's what they're getting. And that's what they want. That's what they're searching for. They're looking to have that experience. And so it's it's just subjective at yeah. the end of the day. It's up to everybody's personal opinion. Yeah, it comes down to was there serious bodily harm? Uh, and it, I also know with the sexual assault allegations, which we'll get into even, there are more allegations beyond this, which we're about to get into. But um, I also acknowledge that when it comes to sexual assault, uh, even if you do report it to enforcement, doesn't necessarily mean anything will happen or yeah, it could just get thrown out. And, and that, I hundred percent recognize sad that. reality of that situation. So I understand. I understand that part of it as well. That there's always that chance. So it's. I mean, it's tricky. All no matter what way you look at it. Yeah. But going forward, some other allegations. The wolf also found an email from Russ's son that said, "Quote: You absolutely disgust me. I do not want anything to do with you." From here on, the following info is not in the documentary, but Russ's personal relationships have also come into the spotlight over the years. Carol Schultz, Russ's ex-domestic partner, alleged that she was once funding the majority of the haunted house, their home, and the bills for years. And Russ was unemployed the last three years of their relationship. When they split up, she took many of the props with her and he called her a thief. But she claims he took $100,000 from her and hadn't paid it back. She also claimed that he mentally abused her daily. Carol can also be seen in the movie Haunters, The Art of the Scare, and she looks like she's been through hell. Other accusations have come from ex-girlfriend Holly, who had done tours of the manor and also worked for Russ. They dated for several years, and Holly claimed that he has, quote, very acute paranoia and was very controlling and overprotective. Sometimes he wouldn't let her eat food. He isolated her from the others and manipulated her while also calling him a psychopathic narcissist, quote. He filmed and photographed her crying while she held her dog. The vet had just euthanized and he had threatened her with a gun, which ended up with police interference. She also called him a quote unquote passive pedophile and he'd go to Walmart and check out children. Allegedly, he'd also comment on watching young boys take off their shirts and describe their muscles. In 2020, Susan Kaplan, an ex-girlfriend of Russ's and a certified quote unquote hater, opened up about her experience while dating him. They dated in 2019, and at the time, she lived near Washington, D.C. It was a divorced mother who had 50-50 custody of her 11-year-old son. She found his number, which was publicly posted online, and they began dating. She thought he was nice and chivalrous at first, but then he asked her to do things that she was uncomfortable with. He also confessed some of his quote-unquote own personal struggles, but declined to elaborate. She was protective of him and supported him, so she figured that some of his odd behavior was a result of these personal struggles. Here's some of the things he made her do. Um, and I have have these written 
down. He made me change my clothes multiple times when I was getting dressed on many occasions because his mind wasn't in the right place when I put on a shirt. I'm a vegetarian. One time we were at a buffet and he told me I had to eat a bite of meat or he would turn into sand, which is bizarre. But I refused and told him I felt he was disrespecting my lifestyle and he started crying saying I did not love him. He made me pick his teeth with my nails in a public parking lot and got angry when I went to wash my hands afterwards. And he, on many occasions, wanted to chew food and make me eat it from his mouth. I did not want to, and I never did this, but every time he got upset at me for it. Uh, during manner activities and stunts, if there was something I did not want to do, he would tell me that if I did not do it, that I did not love him or trust him. Uh, there were many times where I obliged him uncomfortably, and he would just laugh. Um, like things like laying in the grass with a ski mask on my face, getting sprayed with water over and over or submerging into cold water over and over. And in one particular activity, I confessed that I was actually afraid of dying. And he laughed and said that if I died, at least I would be on camera. And now we're going to get to the worst of it and the whole reason why I'm even speaking forward about this. Sometimes he would tell me that he had inappropriate thoughts about kids, and he couldn't help it. He would ask me to tell him that it was okay, or that nothing means nothing. His descriptions at first were really vague, and then slowly as time went by, became much more explicit. Obviously some really disturbing things being said there, and we even can't even play the rest of it because it just gets even more graphic and disturbing uh, regarding things that Russ said about her son and having sick fantasies about him sexually. Uh, it's just really disturbing. And uh, it, it honestly just makes me sick to, to hear that stuff. But as far as Lindsay goes, Russ's daughter, she has not seen her father in almost a decade, but she said that her father is not a bad guy, not a pedophile and suffers from his own childhood trauma and mental illness. His ex-partner, Carol, also denied that Russ ever showed any signs of being a pedophile. Lindsay did admit he is predatory toward women and a manipulative narcissist. He threatened to kill himself in front of her and her mother if they ever left. His son, Russell, has also cut him out. So I think if you just look at those things right there, that basically his family has like no contact with him. Uh, it says a lot about him. I agree. I think that's, that is the true nail in the coffin, in my yeah. opinion, out of all. And I know, obviously, they're all allegations, but if your own family is cutting you out, there's something seriously wrong behind the curtain. I think at the end of the day, we have a very sick individual who has, I would not be surprised, done most, if not all, these things that are being alleged against him that needs to just be shut down. And I think the way that that happens is rip his fans and his fame from him. Yep. And I think he goes away. I think that's the only reason he does this anymore is that he has that cult like following. And as long as they're there, Russ and this new version of McCamey Manor will forever, forever be there. And I think it's on its way out. I do too. Like we clearly think thankful to Ben and, 
and Danny here. Um, we're kind of seeing how things are falling apart and the manor just isn't what it used to be. And Russ is, you know, I don't think he's financially solvent here. So I think it's on its way out and I think his followers will soon see the light. Well, in the documentary too, of course. Yeah. Is going to absolutely is reached a lot of people and is going to is really the final nail, especially the, I, I think the documentary is the most compelling because again, you're dealing with people who were really, really close to him. Yeah. And so I think their testimony is a lot more credible than, you know, maybe Ben and Danny's uh, experience, but all ultimately all of it is, is good. It all shows what's really going on and what Russ is like. And I mean, it doesn't take a, a rocket scientist to, to see, see right through everything. I think, I think perhaps Russ started, started this as, you know, just a haunted house, a guy that loves horror. And he quickly realized that it could be so much more for him. And I think he realized that I can really build fame here. If I continue to up the ante and, and, uh, just take it to the next level year after year after year to the point where it did cross the line and somehow he's been able to stay out of trouble, I guess. I mean, I just am shocked that it's gone on as long as it has. And I mean, even, you know, Josh Randall creator of blackout said it, said it himself. He's like, I don't agree at all. I've sat with Russ on many, you know, horror panels and I don't agree with the way that he, he runs his, his business, his haunt. None of us would ever do it that way. It's completely unethical. It's morally wrong. And, likely illegal i just i'm like why hasn't there been legal action why hasn't law enforcement gone and arrested him and maybe it's just the evidence hasn't made it to their their desk yet and it's just a matter of time before that happens and and i i really hope it does because i think he needs to stop he needs all this stuff needs to be taken down and his following disbanded and i mean there's a reason blackout's not around anymore we don't even know fully what that's about yeah so it's like i think i think the immersive horror experience is just a very, very slippery slope. Yeah, it's a gray area for sure. And I also think that he thrives on controversy. Yes. And it's hard though, because if you want to be a hater, you want to see him fail and bring him down. Unfortunately, even what we're doing here, you know, it's kind of playing into Russ McCamey and he feeds on that to some degree. But I am hopeful, and I do think the tides have turned, especially in the past few years. Uh, it used to be like, whoa, McCamey Manor, the craziest thing. And more and more, thankful to Reckless Ben, more and more I see a lot of people in the cultural zeitgeist are now like, nah, he's he's not what he says he is. It is smoke and mirrors, or he's not what he used to be. This guy's kind of a piece of shit, creepy dude, and uh, we're not having it anymore. So hopefully that just, I don't think it's going to be a quick change unless if someone actually has some yeah, really, damning, legal action yeah, taken or- really damning evidence that, that can be taken against him. But um, I, it might be a slow burnout and yeah. we might be in the midst of it currently, hopefully, in my opinion. I hope so. I mean, personally, I've never been a fan of the guy I've, ever since I learned about McCamey Manor. I was like, how the hell is this shit running? I mean, based on what you see on the YouTube videos, you're like, this looks horrific. 
Like, how is this able to go on? How are people able to be treated in such a way and it somehow be legal? I mean, especially, you know, I've been kind of working in true crime and making content for, for so long, just like in any other scenario, this is absolutely crossing the line. And in the other case if something like this happened, if a, a domestic partner did this to somebody else or, you know, did this to your spouse, like hundred percent, you're getting locked up. But because it's advertised as this haunt and the waivers involved, I mean, it's just, I'm just like, so completely mind blown that this waiver has protected him for so long, or there's something else that we don't even know that is, has protected him. That's what I'm thinking. There might be something that is just not public and we don't know that's going on behind just, the scenes. Yeah. I feel like there's some other piece of the story that we just don't know that has enabled him to keep this going for so long because it just doesn't seem possible for this kind of thing to go on and on and on. But again, there's, there are people who've gone through McCamey Manor that did have a good experience that did enjoy it, have gone through multiple times and that that's really the hard part of it is like, it's not like every single person that's gone through McCamey Manor has had a horrific experience. It was like, that was torture and he crossed the line. He was creep. Like not every single person has that experience. And some people have enjoyed the thrills that they've gone through it. So that's, that's where we go back and forth. It's like, yeah, what's really going on here? Yeah. What is, and I, I mean, my opinion is that the manor doesn't exist in the same form that it did years yeah. ago. It's a shell of itself. He's gotten lazy. Maybe it is just him shooting people in the face with hoses and it's lame as hell. Um, and even if the manor does exist, I don't think it exists in the capacity that it did no. five years ago. Well, look at Blackout too. It's the same thing. We went and looked at the reviews for Blackout and it it was way toned down. Tons of people gave it negative reviews or hating on it because it wasn't as extreme as they thought it was going to be. And I think it's the same scenario here. I think just what was acceptable in years past is no longer acceptable. Yeah. And whether it be from a social media point of view, whether it be monetarily, I mean, just on YouTube, the fact he's not posting on YouTube anymore tells me everything because he knows that none of his stuff's going to get monetized on YouTube yeah. like it used to be. And so he's finding other ways to make money. And, and that's why he's not on YouTube. Same, same reason with, blackout and everything else is like it worked for a time period but then now it just doesn't work that same thing doesn't work anymore and that's why there aren't immersive horror experiences every which that's why it's not a huge industry right that's not why it's like in every city in america there's an immersive horror experience you can go through it doesn't exist yeah because it is such a hard hard business to be in because like you're gonna get a probably a lot more negative reviews than you are going to get positive reviews. Yep. And so to me, it just doesn't seem like a viable business. And there's a reason why haunted houses are relatively the same. You either go there and it's underwhelming and you're pissed or you go there and it's way more extreme than you thought. And you're also pissed. So it's like finding that, finding that perfect line seems way too difficult in a, in a situation like this. And what, I mean, He's only running with like a few people set up. I don't know how he can even curate the experience to the level that even Blackout was doing where they're, they're really trying to make it personal. And they were even just doing those one person home invasion things where they were curating it to that degree. 
McKimmy Manor doesn't seem like the operation that they would even put in the man hours to do something like that to find the line. It seems like you'd just be d- disappointed either way for a lot of the a lot of the experiences. I think what this shows us is that Russ, one thing he was successful at was hyping the shit out yes. of McKamey Manor. Yep. From that perspective, and and maybe even from a filmmaker perspective, he fooled all of us for years. I think if it all is smoke and mirrors and it is all fake as he claims it is, and and the waiver waiver is obviously a joke, and this is just you know, if it's a scam and a fraud in that sense, if it's all fake, well, all haunted houses are fake. It's all so is everything in the haunted horror world fake? Yeah. Because yeah. if it were real, everybody would be in prison. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Like the it'd be criminal at that point. So I think I think what he did was that he fooled us into thinking it was real, but it was fake the entire time. Yeah. Does it mean that he didn't take it too far and that over time to try to continue his rise in fame and money? Did he continue to push the limits and and in the process of doing that, he really fucking hurt people. He took advantage of people. He preyed upon people. That's real. Absolutely. That is the most real part about this is him being a skeezy, manipulative, terrible person. I think he manipulated all of us. He manipulated everybody that went through the experience. Yeah. And everybody that has watched his YouTube videos, he made us all believe that it was real. And even though he's a liar, mm-hmm. I will take him at his word when he admitted that it was smoke and mirrors. I'll I'll say that he was telling the truth then because even then, even him just like openly saying it, like, oh no, that's all kind of things I do for the videos, but the actual experience isn't like that. He's a manipulator. Yeah. So yeah, he's even admitting, he's like, look, come at me. They're still going to believe me because I'm so good at doing this. I'm so good at editing these videos, whichever, which way, potentially hiring actors. I don't know, whatever theories you want to run with there. Uh, He's a good manipulator. And so I think that's how he got his YouTube channel so lucrative. I think that's the only reason he's like a household name in the horror experience. I think he's very good at screwing with people. uh, And that's what he prides himself on. Which anytime you have somebody like that, obviously when it comes to deviant acts, they're going to be much better at those than somebody who's not. So that's where he's truly scary. And I think a threat to, to society potentially. And at the end of the day, I mean, just don't support him. Yeah. You know, stop watching his content. And my guess is that, as time goes on he'll just he's going to go away he'll fade out i just think that it's going to become more and more difficult to even do immersive horror experiences in general i think it's just i think there's just too many things that can go wrong with something like that where who wants to take on that kind of risk yeah you know there's a reason why they're around for a little while you know they get their their few years or whatever and then it then it goes away you know? and i don't i don't blame josh randall if blackout never comes back cuz he probably just saw how tumultuous it can be. Well, yeah, and it's like, how do you, the the hard part with it is when you create an experience like that, how do you up the ante? How right. do you get people to go through it and then come back? Right. There's just no way to do that. 
especially and then you get the people who are adrenaline junkies and do just seek out that thrill it's like okay we ran out of ideas there's only so many ideas you can do to people before you run out yeah or before you cross the line yeah, and then to- you're full-blown torturing people and committing criminal acts right it's like, yeah it's like how far can you actually push that threshold you can only push horror so far before you you do enter that realm of being a criminal and, yeah. and and maybe russ has done that from the allegations sure seems like it and time will tell we'll see we'll see what comes to light in, in the coming months and we'll see but that is gonna be it for us my god that was uh much longer of an episode than we any of us anticipated danny do you have any final thoughts on, on anything nothing that hasn't been said <laughs> i think we covered stand, it all here stand with us cool yeah. So yeah, I mean that that's the breakdown of the Russ McCamey drama and the allegations and the Hulu documentary. I did I did my best to Yeah, I mean hopefully we, hopefully we we laid it all out pretty pretty simple for you to to understand. I know it's hard to not get lost in the sauce and the drama and and also just it's hard to dig in and find the facts when all this is just kind of being thrown at you, but I mean, we did the research. We spent a lot of time on this episode to make sure we got things right. Again, we'll link everything below, both YouTube channels, Reckless Ben, Danny Burks, Hulu documentary, it'll all be below. I do recommend, you know, don't just take us for at our word. Go go look into this for yourself and make your own decision about it. But that is going to be it for us today. Thanks for joining us. If you're new to the channel, join us a subscriber we'd love to have you here but until next time lights out everybody <laughs>